1: what's up guys don't forget to sub to patreon so that you can see the visuals because not only do we have episodes of the podcast we have exclusive content that nobody else sees on any other apps behind the scenes photo shoots and we're dropping a whole bunch of surprising stuff this year so if you guys don't want to miss out and you want to be the first to know go over to our patreon www.dumblondunrated.com love ya Is this thing on?
2: Bonnie, who used to be a former sex worker and now hosts the podcast Dumb Blonde.
1: Most little girls grow up wanting to be doctors and lawyers and shit, and I was like, I want to be super hot, make a lot of fucking money, and be a rock star's wife. That was my goal as a child, and (laughs) here we are. (laughs) What's up, you sexy motherfuckers? Welcome to another episode of Dumb Blonde. Today, I am super excited to have my guest here because she absolutely fascinates me, and that's very rare because people don't fascinate me too much, but I am so curious about this woman, Miss Gabby Tuft. How are you, baby?
2: I'm wonderful. It's so good to be here in Nashville. Oh my God. I love it. Dude, did you get a chance to go down on Broadway? No, I was so excited. Just look out the window in that beautiful (laughs) Airbnb and just kind of enjoy everything. There were like party buses going by and all the kids were just dancing and stuff. So I was just kind of being a fly on the wall. It's a lot down there. It is. I was down there before with WWE at mm-hmm. the arena several times. Oh, okay, but Bridgestone. Yeah, at Bridgestone. Gotcha. And, uh, so I've been there, but it was just nice to watch from like a different perspective.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. And to come back in a different uh, time in your life,
2: too. So, yeah, slightly different. <laughs> <laughs> One and two things have changed.
1: Yeah, we're going to definitely dive into that. But like I was telling you before you came on the pod, or before the pod started recording, I love what you represent online think, yeah. I'm 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 into people who are just true to themselves and tell their story and whether people like it or not you know and I love that about you know I think that's what grabbed um, grabbed me about you is I Came across one of your videos one time, and you were just pretty much like, "Yes, this is I. I used to be a fucking alpha male WWE wrestler, yep. and now I'm a beautiful, gorgeous woman. And but you do it with such grace. Thank you. And I think a lot of people don't do that, and I just love that about you. Thanks. So I started following your journey, oh, and I wow. was just like, this woman is awesome. Thank so. you.
2: Yeah, a lot of the people in the community they tend to. I think we get a lot of people on the defense. Yeah, uh, and. I think it's the majority. Honestly, they're yeah. on the defense so much. And TikTok in general is oh on the defense. God, it's crazy. <laughs> people are just so easily offended. Yeah. You know, everybody's kind of like a snowflake. And yeah. And I yeah. took the other road. I think it's because I used to stand in my boots and underwear in front of like 10,000 people. <laughs> multiple times a week but you know what it's like to yeah. stand in front of a crowd. Naked. Absolutely. I'm literally absolutely. naked in boots and underwear. My job <laughs> was to get booed at. Like, I can I, definitely relate. My job relate. was to have people hate me. So I'm like, okay, well, no problem. I can handle it. Yeah, <laughs> so. no, for
1: sure. That's a, that's a fucking awesome way of looking at it though. Like my job was to have people hate me. I love that. That's what it was. Yeah. And so now
2: I'm like, well, why be offended at everything? You yeah, know? like there's no need. I'd I, rather just educate.
1: I feel like our generation is so much tougher than the generation below us. Oh, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) We're like
2: so thick skinned
1: because you and I are around the same age. So it's like we're so thick skinned. We're like, motherfucker, bring it, you know? Oh, totally. I'm the same way.
2: I'm like, whatever. I used to ride a bike without a helmet and drink from copper hoses. I'm still here. Dude,
1: my parents put me on a bike without a helmet and sent me down a hill. And fucking I plowed into the back of somebody's fucking boat. dude. No, you didn't. That's how I learned how to ride a fucking bike. Oh, my God. We are not the same. No, No, we are
2: not. I I remember the day I, I got my first bike. It was way too big for me i had i wanted this like rattlesnake looking bike i think it was like a diamond back my dad got it for me and he ran me down the street and just let go and i mean it's a cold cul-de-sac i'm like well, what kind of harm could i get into of course i crashed (laughs) and hit the curb and and scratches everywhere but But that's
1: how we learned yeah we got the fuck back up and we did it again yeah, there
2: were no knee pads no elbow pads yeah. no gloves and we didn't go like cry
1: crying. in the fucking in our rooms and fucking no. get depressed and
2: shit you know like that no. was
1: it was a different time a different era brush off the blood pack it with some dirt keep yeah. going you we know? used to drink our own blood Like I we, remember <laughs> do, do you remember that did you ever do that Mimi we, you didn't ever did blood packs with, with your friends or like drinking I didn't t- do that alright like well I maybe listen I was into my witchy lick shit, lick shit as a kid already dude <laughs> <and> so what was the blood <laughs> pack so you would prick your finger with your best friend, and you guys would rub your fingers oh, together and do the blood, and then you would
2: lick it. My mom warned me about that. As <laughs> as it no, as it came up, yeah, my mom's like, "This is how you get diseases. <laughs> this is how you get AIDS." I'm like, "What is? Maybe AIDS? that's what's like, wrong Don't with worry me about
1: it." <laughs> Listen, I've been into witchy shit since I was a kid and didn't even know it. I so. love that.
2: <laughs> I absolutely
1: love that. So I did a lot of research on you last night, and one thing that I saw that was missing from Google was them kind of like humanizing you they pretty much you're a WWE star that is transitioning and that's every headline says that and I just feel like I want to get to know the woman behind the transition behind who you used to be like I don't even know, like, where you grew up or, like, anything like that. So can you kind of take me I a on I don't know if
2: the, your listeners are ready for this shit. Oh, they're ready.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they are ready. Everybody I'm is so involved. excited you're coming on. I've had a lot of people hit me about it because you've been talking That's about great.
2: it. Yeah, I yeah. was I was talking about it ahead of time. Like, this is something to be excited about. I mean, yeah. It's funny. I'm like, Aww. Let's, let's do this. I love you. Uh, no, I love you. <laughs> I love everything you guys do. Thank I love your you. story, too. Thank you. So where do you want to start? You want to start with my childhood? Yeah.
1: Like, okay. so where did you grow up? Where are you from? I was
2: born in San Francisco. I oh, was born at nice. Kaiser in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Oh I fucking love Frisco. Right? They have the best food. It, oh my god, the food's amazing. It's changed a little bit since I was a kid, mm-hmm. but I mean it's still a fun place. Yeah. I was born born in San Francisco, raised in the North Bay, so I lived in Sonoma, kinda nice. Napa area. Okay. Most people don't know where Sonoma County is, so I always say Oh wait, where what? I moved here from Fairfield. Stop, girl, yeah, right. okay. I was in Napa and all that. Oh my mm-hmm. god. So my We're all West Coast girls. Yeah. I love that. So, Priscilla, <laughs> my soon to be ex wife, who's still my best friend, Aww. she grew up in Calistoga. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm. Okay. I know that. exactly where that is. Yeah. yeah. So, I grew up in Roanoke Park in Sebastopol on the way to like Bodega Bay. Yeah. That's where I grew up. And um, my dad was a car salesman. He sold cars for 30 years mm-hmm. and he was really good at what he did. A phenomenal parent. Uh, my mom was a real estate secretary. She was a real estate assistant. And mm-hmm. I had one brother five years younger than me. But my, my parents were awesome. My dad had so many opportunities at finance manager and management at dealerships. And he always turned them down.
3: Aww. And I
2: never understood why. And I asked him. And he said, it's because I didn't want to work bell to bell and never see my family. And Aww. so he gave up huge amounts of money to spend time with his boys and his family at the time. So every Friday, my dad would pack up his truck in the summer, and we'd leave the house at about 5 a.m., and we'd take my grandfather, my brother, and I, and sometimes my mom would go, but a lot of times just like boy stuff, and we'd go to the lake, and we'd go fish and water ski all day long. we come home and take the fish, skin them, and have dinner, or what do you call it, clean them, and have dinner with the fam, and then we'd take these big, two-week vacations uh, and we go up to a different lake with my mom and everybody and we just go hang out for two weeks i had a wonderful like really wonderful family life growing that's up.
1: amazing i yeah. did not that so uh, it makes me jealous to hear stories like that i'm like that's so beautiful i was lucky i yeah. was really lucky
2: you know i kids grew up in, in households Shit. where people screamed and yells, and there's a lot of abuse yeah. i didn't have any of that you have no trauma great. They, they pushed me to do the best I could, and oh. they were kind of a little on the strict side, but nothing that's out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. They were only strict because they cared.
1: Right. Well, and because we, like I said, have grown up in a different time where, you know, parents got to punish their kids and yeah. didn't get in trouble for it, you know?
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I never, I don't think I was ever spanked. I should have been. <laughs> I absolutely should have been spanked. I remember this one time I was living in Runner Park. We lived there till I was 10 years old and i left my bike down the street <laughs> and my mom goes your dad's coming home he's gonna park in the garage where's your bike And oh, i left it down the street at uh, seven says house she goes, "Well, go get it and so I'm, I'm running out the garage i must have been eight or nine at the time and i'm running down the the, the driveway and i just go oh shit <laughs> and i hear this gabriel oh and i'm oh and, you know you stop dead in your tracks and it's just Oh God, what happened? My mom goes, what did you say? And I said, I said, shoot. <laughs> You're like, I said, <laughs> sh- I said, nothing. And it went back and forth. And I just, I, I stuck to my story. I said, shoot. I said, shoot. I said, shoot. I said, shoot. And finally my mom's just going, pick a brush. I'm like, no, like the paddle on the brush. And like, yeah. she's like, Your father's going to spank. I'm going to tell him. And I cried and I cried and I cried. I'll never do it again. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and my dad's home and I'm crying. And she goes, Shh, don't say anything. Like, and she totally let me out of it. She, told, I ne- she didn't tell my dad. She looked at me and she's like. She just wanted to scare the shit out of you. And she did. Yeah. Oh, she did. I never, never cussed in front of her. Again.
1: <laughs> but you learned your lesson and that's all that's what she wanted yeah
2: no I, I still kept cussing just not in front of
1: her right <laughs> <laughs> so as a child did you struggle with your sexuality or like have yeah you know any of that like I did okay
2: it was interesting and I didn't have any context for right. what it was again you and I are very similar in the generation that we grew yeah. up in. no cell phones Right, no internet. There was no way for me to understand what was happening.
1: Frisco is kind of like a gay
2: capital, though, isn't it? Like, is yeah, isn't there the a Wall lot the Waldorf of... Tunnel, which is now I think it's the Robin Williams Tunnel with the rainbows on it? Right. You know, we got to we go to Fisherman's Wharf when I was younger. My dad would take us out to dinner, and we'd see the rainbow tunnel. We're like, oh look, rainbows! Yeah, we had no
1: idea what
2: it meant. You know? Right, right. Gotcha.
1: Okay, I didn't know if like maybe there was an influence because of the city or you no, know. Just, no, no,
2: it was literally. You know, like I said my dad worked at the car dealership he didn't get home till you know 4.30 some days my mom was that real estate secretary yeah. and so I was the first one home from school my brother didn't get off till 3.15, 3.30 something like that and so I would spend that short amount of time I would just kind of wander to my mom's closet and try on her clothes Aww. and I would just hang out like this feels right but petrified I was going to get caught you know
3: mm-hmm.
2: so uh, it was years of this years yeah. and years and years of this i always had more girlfriends than guy friends mm-hmm. i had girls toys which you know my dad kind of was all hmm you know yeah <laughs> i had i had he-man and star wars and things like that too but i loved loved my little pony i loved barbies i wanted a cabbage patch kid yeah <laughs> so damn bad when they came out you remember like the yeah the craze yeah Oh, yeah. I had all of them. I had and then one. the Garbage Pail Kids came out. Oh, I loved Garbage Pail Kids. Me too. <laughs> I was not allowed to have them, though. Yeah, they were me either. so trashy.
1: Because they were so trashy, yeah. right? And my... look at me now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I,
2: queen I of trash be... over here. We should start like Garbage Pail Kids 2.0. Right. It would, it would be us now in, our, now in our 40s. <laughs>
1: it would probably sell, though, if we started I'm something sure like it would. that. would. That would be amazing. <laughs> you see
2: Bunny XO as Wait, a Garbage Pail
1: Kid. <laughs> oh, my God. All of us. All the TikTok creators as Garbage <laughs> Pail Kids. That would be oh so fucking hilarious. Garbage
2: pale moms now yeah
1: oh, shit. <laughs> damn it why do we got to get that title I know somebody
2: let <laughs> hey, me take a note. we gotta we gotta look this up later yeah and make for this sure. happen yeah um but yeah I had this this short amount of time to to be you know feel comfortable about who I was do you think
1: were you scared that your parents were gonna like
2: petrified. be mad at you if, petrified if, okay yeah did My, your brother know no oh no nobody knew nobody, nobody knew until I was just about ready right to transition. Wow. Yeah, I, it okay. was that deep, deep, dark, Aww, dark that's secret. That's got to
1: be heavy.
2: It was, because as a guy, you know, I watched my friends get the crap kicked out of them if they acted feminine in any way, shape, or form. They're not even gay, just if you acted feminine, if you held your hand in the wrong way, you know. Right. Those kinds of things, they were ostracized. We played games like Smear the Queer.
1: Right, and I remember that. Remember
2: that? Mm-hmm. It was just you know not to act feminine. And so it was breaking every rule of being a male at that mm. age. And so I I hid it. Deep, deep, dark secret.
1: Wow, that's really heavy to have to carry, especially as a child it all was. throughout your life.
2: It was. I was always scared I was going to get caught. And then I buried it. There was just a point when I just, okay, I'm just going to bury this.
1: Do you believe in reincarnation? I do. Yeah, I yeah. do too. And that's why I feel like, you know, women such as yourself, I feel like you guys maybe can't, if I came back in another life, I would, as a male, I would totally transition because yeah. I love being a woman, you know? So I think maybe a lot of people that do transition are reincarnated souls. You know, I've thought a
2: lot about that. Yeah. I, I feel like I've been a woman in a previous life. Yeah. yeah. For sure. You carry it well. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that.
1: Yeah, I know you actually, it's, I'm looking at you and like, I would never
2: be able to tell that you've transitioned. Just don't like I'm a No, oh, stop it! Off. I
1: love when you say, <laughs> (laughs) that online i think it's so funny these
2: things there there are some (laughs) things that you cannot change especially transitioning late at life and that's the thing i've I've learned you know you start this transition going i think i can do this okay i know i can and then it's surgery after surgery after Mm. surgery until you get to a point where you go oh there there isn't a surgery to make me shorter and there isn't a surgery to widen my hips like my my hip structure Mm -hmm. aside from the bbl and i can't shrink my hands that ain't gonna happen so you better start loving who you are yeah, real quick.
1: absolutely. Take me through high school. How was okay. high school for you? Was that pretty torturous or were you, did you excel? Every kid hates high school to an extent. I right, think. yeah. No, I we mean, have a 15-year-old, so trust me, I get it. Yeah, how old? How?
2: 15. Oh, so you know. Yeah. I mean, you knew going through it. Yeah. I was a nerd. I was a 4.0 GPA student. I was wow. this skinny, scrawny little kid, and I didn't have many friends. I, oh, I had like four friends, and we hung out on the quad. If one or two of my friends were missing that day, we were screwed. You know, it, it sucked. And I got picked on for being a straight-A student. So uh, I, I ended up wandering the halls a lot, acting like I had something to do so people wouldn't know that I didn't have any friends.
1: Oh, Yeah, it sucked. I hate that.
2: I hated high school. It really sucked.
1: Yeah. Do you feel like... Why do you feel like you were such an outcast?
2: We moved from one city to the next from Ronit park to Sebastopol when I was 10 Mm. and it was right at the end of fifth grade and I had I had a decent amount of friends in elementary school I was doing just fine but when I got to this new school suddenly it was different I didn't know anybody they all had their established friends and for whatever reason I struggled Mm. making friends everybody wore different clothing it's kind of like a hippie town compared to where I was and so my clothes didn't match um Everybody played soccer instead of baseball. I couldn't kick a soccer ball of my life depended <laughs> on it. <laughs> i try to kick it at the person and go right and smack another person in the face. Yeah. So I was last to be picked for every game. Everybody made fun of me. And I just, I don't think I ever recovered from it. Aw. Yeah. And that you're carried right into junior high.
1: soul. What's that? I said you're just a little sensitive soul. I am, yeah.
2: You're a water <laughs> sign, right? You're a Scorpio. I am a Scorpio, yeah. yeah. I am a Scorpio stellium. I have oh, nine, nice! nine planets in Scorpio. Wow. <laughs> you are like the ultimate fucking Scorpio. I, I'm deep. Yeah. And they're all in all in the house of self. <laughs> so, are you very sexual? Am I very sexual? Yes. I That's interesting because I used to be. Right. I used to as be. As a male? As a male. Okay. Oh, yeah. When I was a guy, I was hypersexual. And... Brisson and I had great sex, like <laughs> hours and hours. Like our quickie was like an hour. Yeah. But uh, now I'm, I just don't, I don't have a libido.
1: Really? It's like
2: dead. I, if you get my motor running, then yeah, I'm good. You know. Why do
1: you think that is?
2: I think it's the hormones, has a lot to do with it. But honestly, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that there's more than just the physical involved now. Yeah. Estrogen's a hell of a drug, let me tell you. Yeah, It's, it's more emotional for me mm-hmm. than anything. And now that I'm into guys... Guys are gross. <laughs> Thank
1: you. I say that all the time on this podcast. People got to think I'm a I'm a man hater because I'm just like dudes are fucking gross are all the
2: time. So they're hurtful too, and, and it's they're like, hurtful. Yeah, oh, I've been through all of that. But it's like if I'm gonna get my head down there in that area, and, yeah. you know things are gonna happen, and yeah. there's gonna be fuck my mind first before fuck yeah, my please. body. Yeah. Like, I really got to like what's going yeah. on. So no, I, I'm the same
1: uh, way when I was younger and I wanted to get it on with somebody. I was like a dude. I was like, come on, let's fuck. We're going to fuck. And I'm, I'm leaving. I'm not going to talk to you afterwards. Like yeah, I wasn't one of those touch girls. Me. I'm gone now. Oh my God. The thought of sleeping with somebody is like, I can't, it just yeah. c- could never cross my mind. Like, yeah. I'm just like, there's so much that I has to go into it, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm thankful
2: that I'm married, you know? Oh God. And, and so like, I, I really desire to have a partner and I don't know if it's long-term or when it's going to happen. But I've done the hookup thing. Like, yeah. I've been on Grindr many times, and, which is a shit show in itself. Oh, my God. I feel like
1: dating apps are a fucking nightmare.
2: They're horrendous. I have a dating
1: app story. Fucking, oh, please tell. Uh, this was a long time ago, you guys. This was back when Match.com was cool. Oh, I tried Match. <laughs> Jesus. And I met one of my friends. He's amazing. I love him. I'm not going to say his name because in case he listens to this podcast. Oh. But he's still a friend to this day. But I had met this guy, and he was super cute. Met him on Facebook match.com I go to his house I'm like cool I'm just gonna fuck this dude and leave you know cause I used to be a fucking little savage I love that. and um <laughs> me and this dude are getting it on and he's like he's like I can't come unless I'm in my closet <laughs> okay. no way and I'm like huh what? and he's like I let's go into my closet and I'm like okay so we go into his closet mm-hmm. shut the door turn the light off and he's like fucking me on his closet floor and finishes <gasps> and I was like so are we going to have to do that every time we have sex? He's like, yeah, it's just something I've done since I was a kid. you just got to like, be kidding no. me. No, and that was my experience with Match.com. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to meet any more dudes <laughs> off fucking Match.com. I'm done. <laughs> I can't right now. <laughs> yeah. So that's my – do you have any grinder stories? Oh, I've got horrendous grinder stories. Oh, my God. <laughs> right, Where do give I me start? One. Oh, give me the best one.
2: <laughs> the best one. Okay. <laughs> Let me wipe my nose. It's running. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. There, there are so, – okay. I'll, I'll tell you – I, uh, the best one there there's 2 but oh let, let's, let's hear them okay so <laughs> the, be- the first one was my very first hookup ever yeah my wife and i are still together she's still living at the house we, we, which we'll get into in a little bit yeah we had freed ourselves to see other people as long as we didn't bring them back to the house at yeah. that time we're like everything's good and so I'm, I'm out with my friend Jocelyn, who is another trans woman
3: mm-hmm.
2: we're at this little wine bar and i'm just like girl I need to just fuck a guy and get it over with. Mm. And she goes, Get on Grinder. Like, what's Grinder? And she goes, looks at me like, What do you mean, what's Grinder? And I'm like, I don't know. I've been married for 20 years. I, <laughs> I haven't dated. I don't know what's going on. She, Give me your phone. And so she created an account for me. And I, this is before anything was happening where I was like very public about me dating other people. I'm like, Nobody can know. She's got a fake profile, no problem. And in five <laughs> minutes, she's got a guy on the hook. And she's like, Oh, I fucked him. He's awesome. He's good. <laughs> she's like she's got a big old dick he's safe he's six foot oh, I'm all, oh this is perfect i love I'm her all, is that a good thing he's got a big dick she's like yeah i'm like okay i don't know this is like <laughs> i've never been with the guy i've kissed a guy once and then that was post-transition so
1: this was your first so okay let's let's stop you right there mm-hmm. so all through high school, WWE, you had never been with a dude. No, And no desire to.
2: No desire no, to. Oh, I thought, like, the thought of being with a guy. I'm going to open this, yeah, go this ahead, uh, water here. The thought of being with a guy pre-transition, I wanted to throw up at the wow. thought of it. Yeah, and I wrestled dudes in boots and underwear, and I'm just like, bro, you stink. Open on some deodorant. You know, something like that. <laughs> but but yeah. never, like, you know, we do some weird shit in wrestling. Yeah. Where our heads are in weird places, but yeah. never once was it like, huh. Never you know? attracted like, to men
1: mm-hmm. until after you decided to start transitioning.
2: Never once. I
1: cannot wait to dive into that. That's amazing. Oh,
2: it's interesting. Yeah. Let me tell you. So we run home and I tell Priscilla, I go, look, Jasleen got me this this hookup. He goes, oh my God, tell me about it. Let me see him. So she's all excited. I love that. And her and Jocelyn are looking at this guy like, damn, he's hot. And he's really big and built. And so I go shower and I, I come out with like all these outfits and they look at me and Jocelyn goes, Girl, no. This is a hookup. Don't get dressed up for him. <laughs> I'm like, what? Really? She goes, yeah, go put on some shorts and a, and a tank top. Like, oh. <laughs> okay. So I put on this, these like, little tiny trash shorts and a tank top. We love trash. Yeah. I, I was to- oh, the, the, the next two, the stories are going to blow your mind. <laughs> Speaking of trash. Uh, so I, I go drive out and I meet this guy. I've got like minimal makeup on. It was back when I was st- still wearing wigs. Pre-facial surgery. And I'm, you know, two hundred and twenty something pounds of muscle still, and I knock on this guy's door. It's his apartment, and he is handsome, like handsome. I'm like, ooh, stunning blue eyes, shaved head, bodybuilder. Just hot. Wow. And he gives me a hug, and he's like, hey. I'm like, hi. (coughs) And he just starts walking to the bedroom,
1: (laughs) and I go, oh, let's get to the point.
2: Okay, this is what we do. Cool. I guess we just go in there. And he sits down, he's kinda just making some chit chat. And he starts undoing his shoes. And I'm okay. I start on doing my strappy <laughs> heels that I'm wearing. And I'm like, okay, I guess that's what we do. And I go, look, look, look. My my girlfriend said not to say this, but I gotta be honest, I I've never been with a guy before. And he looks at me and he goes, What? Said, yeah, I've never been with a guy before. And he goes, Wow, okay. And he goes, Well, I'm gonna tell you something. You were honest with me, I'll be honest with you. He says, I've I've only been with one trans woman. And I go, Oh my god, it must have been Jocelyn. Because you know, <laughs> she fucked him you know a couple months ago. Yeah. And he goes, it was like two, three years ago. And I I looked at him I'm like, what? What? Oh, you're lying to me. <laughs> okay, you're hot. I don't care. <laughs> <So> <laughs> that was at that moment I go, okay, guys lie all the time. He's totally lying to me. Yeah. He wants us to go down. I don't give a shit. And so we kind of are like getting things undone, and I look at him like, "Hey, hey I don't even know your name," <laughs> and he goes, "Do you want to?" I looked at him, I said, "Nah," and I just took my <laughs> my shirt off, I took my pants on, let's go. <clears throat> so he gets down to business, and things are going go in my direction. I'm like, "This is good." And
1: <laughs> in that, can I ask a personal yeah. question? Yeah. In that moment, do you decide to be a top or a bottom or how does that, or did he decide for you? So
2: I, my desire is always to be a bottom. I wanted the female experience. Right. I was so used to just being the alpha male and picking, you know, up my wife and throwing around whatever, which direction I wanted to. Right. I wanted to have that other experience. Yeah. And he actually crawled back on the bed at one point and he goes, so, uh, do you, uh, do you want to fuck me now? I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay, I, I guess. And so I put the condom on and as I'm putting it on, I'm just noticing like the, the life leave oh, my little she stick, no. you know? Oh no. <laughs> and I go, oh,
1: uh oh. You're like, now you found what turns you on and what doesn't. Oh, instantaneous, like, oh. But do you think it was Because you were nervous Or you just weren't Attracted to that no, To the butthole No I think
2: it's I, I actually gave it a shot With like the wet noodle oh.
1: <laughs> It just is not working Have you ever tried To put a limp dick In something It does not That's work not Especially a
2: butthole <laughs> Girl <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like, that shit is so tight too and, I couldn't imagine
2: unless that guy had had a fist up his ass it was not going in and I can yeah. tell you right now it was not going in I don't think yeah. he'd done that before so I was just, I just made up something real quick I'm like it's the hormones he goes oh don't worry about it we didn't get down to actually him fucking me because right. I was way too nervous. I was gonna paint all over him and oh. just shit on the bed. I'm like, I can't, I can't.
1: I've had poop balls fall out before. Oh god, it's, <laughs> it's the worst. My worst night It is the. Worst. Let me tell you, <laughs> just, it is the worst. I look like little M and M's, little cookie dough batters on
2: yeah. the bed. <laughs> yes, horrendous. Yeah, but at one point, you know, I'm I'm going down on him. And I'm kind of doing my thing. And this is my first time doing this, right? right? So and you've never I'm, sucked a dick before. Ne- never. Uh, and Did you think you were
1: doing a pretty good job? I mean, you had one, So I asked
2: him. I said, if I do something wrong, tell me. He's like, no, 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 no. Don't even. No. I'm all like, oh, okay. Yeah. And at one point he goes, so, um, yeah, my girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend, she used to make me put her stockings on her, on on me. And I just was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs>
1: <laughs> I was just all not the dick coming out <laughs> of the mouth. I just looked at him and I was all.
2: I tapped his chest at that point, and I'm going be careful. That's how I got started. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, oh no, 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 it's nothing like that. And in my head, I'm thinking, yeah, in about a year, you're gonna be coming to me asking what dose of estrogen you should have. Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. So he, um he finished up. And, and, you know, brings me a wash rag. I'm like, oh, so that's what that feels like. Okay, let me just <laughs> tell off here. <laughs> yeah. And he basically shoes me out the door. I'm, I'm like, wow. You're like, this is how it feels for girls. Literally, I'm yeah. like, this is what it feels like to to be not, like just to be something that is a means to an me. object. An yeah. object. That, that literally, mm-hmm. object. okay. Mm-hmm. So that was item one. Item two, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was another grinder hookup. This guy was chasing me for a couple months. But he was the bad boy, and he told me ahead of time, he goes, look, I'm not going to treat you like a princess. I'm going to tell you what a fucking whore you are and oh. what a terrible, you know, I'm going to slap you around. I'm like, okay. Oh God, that is my favorite. I, well, and at the time I'm like, <laughs> I really want this experience, but I'm scared. I
1: love you because she, she's so cute. She's like, I want this experience. I did. I, I
2: literally. It's like being a teenager again. Yeah. Like you start hormones. It's just all new to you. You go through a second puberty. Yeah. And it's, I'm, I'm 42 as this is all happening. And yeah. I literally had a summer of being a teenager. Right. But, you know as as a born woman, as a natural born female, you have a lifetime to experience y- this right so that, like that comes in a natural course of things. I had a compressed experience right. it was very quick, I got it all out of my excuse me my system in like a year, yeah. So I would have these experiences, I would process them and sit with them for a couple of days and go, okay, I want more of that, or okay, I know, I understand that now, and next, please. I love but,
1: that you're so analytical about it, though, and can separate, you know, like I, I cart- find that, that I needed to,
2: it was out of necessity mm-hmm. to try to find out where I was in life, and You know, I I like to think that I I do better now, but here I am sitting in a crop top. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Listen, I wear crop tops every day. Thank you for making me feel better about
2: this. (laughs) So this one day I I hit up this guy. My my mom was visiting from California and Priscilla was still living at the house. And I have my 11 year old daughter and I just randomly sent this guy a photo. And I said, hey, what are you doing? And he goes, well, obviously you tonight. And I said, yep, it's your lucky day. (laughs) And so he gives me an address. It says, meet me here at eight. I go, okay, no problem. See you there.
1: Are these men? Do are they like? Sh- do they portray straight to the world? And yep. okay, they
2: sure do. Yeah, I don't. I can't be with gay guys. Okay, because they're gay.
1: Right, it's feminine.
2: It's and I don't. You're want You're attracted that experience. to the alpha. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I swing both ways. But it's far. If I'm gonna be with a guy, I want to be with a guy. Right. Like, right I want to be with a masculine a man's man. Yeah. I like I, it. I don't want to be with a twink. Right. You know, nothing against the twinks. <laughs> right. But I don't want to be. It's with, just your preference. It's yeah. It's just personal mm-hmm. preference. So I, uh, I sneak out the door. My mom's like, don't worry, we got this. And I sneak out the door, I go, it's dark. And I have this F-150 truck at the time, this big XLT F-150 four-door. And I drive out to my little city of Leander to an industrial area. I
1: know where Leander is. That's oh, awesome. God. Okay. Yeah. So
2: I live in Leander. Okay, awesome. That's crazy. So we drive kind of past H-E-B, here. And we take a left on uh, Baghdad. And it's just this crappy industrial area, like commercial industrial and he goes, meet me at my office. I'm like, oh, sexy, okay. <laughs> and as I'm pulling in, I I text him like, I'm lost, and it's getting weird. It just does not look like a good area. <laughs> and he goes, hey, do you see the Stranger Things light kind of flickering in the way across the way there? I go, yeah. He says, head that way. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. You're
1: like, well, are you taking me to slaughter me somewhere? I'm literally, I'm literally going, this is how girls die. Yeah. I'm like,
2: this is how they do stupid shit like this and they die. Yeah. And I I see. His office, I see him standing out there. He goes, hey, you see the creepy guy standing in the doorway? I go, yeah. He goes, that's me. (laughs) Okay, this isn't going to end well. And I park, and I've got a Glock 19. Yeah, I got a license to conceal carry, and it's in the center console. And I just go, I don't know where to hide this thing. I'm just going to leave it in the truck like a freaking idiot. Oh, no. So I shut the door, and I walk up to him, and I say, I've got a Glock 19, but I left it in the center console. So don't kill me. And he goes, if I wanted to kill you, you'd be dead by now. Right. And I just thought, all right, fuck it. Let's go. He's, at least <laughs> he's telling the truth. So we walk in. It's this giant, like, industrial office building. And I'm like, what the hell do you do? He goes, oh, you know that uh, Delta 6 string of, uh, of weed? Uh, and I go, yeah. He goes, we're the largest distributor of it in the nation. He goes, oh, no. so he's got money. Cool. So we walk <laughs> him back to his office. And I want you to remember this carpeted floors are like that um that burlap carpet the really rough stuff yeah so put that in the, the back of your mind for now we walk into his office and we just start the small talk and he goes lights on or off I'm like I don't care and he goes lights on then cool and there's floor to ceiling windows just line the entire wall <laughs> and he starts talking to me and he goes how are your knees and I go oh I, I was running five to ten miles a day at the time I'm like did I talk to him about my running like <laughs> what's he going like, oh they're, they're fine why he goes well you should get on them I'm like oh okay so I just kick off my slides and down I go and out pops this fucking hog I'm like Jesus oh, Christ I'm like what is this <gasps> I feel thing? like everybody
1: on Grinder is hung <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck is happening
2: I do not know and this he was just a white guy too and like, <laughs> I'm I'm currently kind of not seeing, but I've I've got a guy I see who's African American. Yeah, Jesus Christ, that thing. Listen, uh, I
1: believe you. Jeffrey Star fucking pulled out his fucking roster when he was here and showing me dicks he was sucking, oh and God. I was like, Good Lord, I've never seen fucking honkers that oh, big, dude. Oh, it's
2: scary, honey. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, What do you do with all that? There is no cervix to hit with me, but there is a <laughs> colon. <laughs> I'm like, Please don't puncture it. Yeah, no, for <laughs> sure. Like, where does it go? Where does it all go? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, then, so what? I what happened is like. I came up for air and I get this <laughs> get this right on the face, like a slap to the face. Not too hard, not too soft, and I was all I'm like this. One. <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> <You know? laughs> if any of them that can't see, I'm holding the microphone you right guys, now with two hands. You like, have to get a- on
1: Patreon to see this. This is hilarious. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the facial expression. <laughs> and I I was all i kind of like that wow <laughs> and i learned really quick every time i would take my mouth away i get a slap all, all so she's right. like i get it yeah so i just get a little pop every time and i, I felt safe he wasn't beating me up right and I'm wearing, okay, no i it love stings. it and then at one point he i come up for air and he fish hooks my mouth he oh. takes his fucking finger i'm getting on grinder
1: fuck that goes
2: like this <laughs> And then I hear this. I'm like, oh my god. I just blew snot out my nose, I was laughing too hard. He spit in my fucking mouth. Dude, I love this man. It was so hot, but at that moment I just I'm like this, I'm like I'm trash. I'm trash
1: isn't that the best feeling though? I kind of like it yeah (laughs) it's like use me and abuse me baby I don't even
2: care that's what it was and he you know after that he just he puts me on the ground bends me over and like you know he goes to town and I'm going wow, my knees really hurt right now.
1: Oh, fuck God, on the burlap I, I tried carpet. I try to come up and
2: say something. Every time I come up, he just shoved my head back down <laughs> on the carpet. So I'm just like smash face like this. I had these big ass hoops on that I was so proud of. I got them on Shein for like $4. <laughs> but they were massive. They were triangles by the time we were done, you know? Oh my God. <laughs> you got the full experience, baby. I did. And I still to this day, this is two and a half years ago, I got rug burn on this knee. Damn. Still. I got a scar that never went away. Damn. So, did you ever like, see dude again? fuck no.
1: You <laughs> can't <laughs> hitting me up and I'm
2: like, that was the processing. I was, I was going, yeah, I, I had that experience. I, I liked it. Yeah. I can see why women go back and I understand, and you know, I, I had a real interesting understanding at that moment right? because I thought I was an object before. I was definitely an object then. Right. But what I realized is that, again, this is pre-facial surgery. Yeah. I was still very muscular and very masculine looking. And I, I realized that I just wanted to be affirmed. Mm. I just wanted the affirmation from a guy to tell me. No, you didn't even tell me I was beautiful. He told me I was a fucking whore and a piece <laughs> of shit and a bitch and all these things. Yeah. And I'm like, but he's using my body to get what he wants. Right. And it makes me feel good that I can do that for him. Mm. So I had this. You just want to be loved. I did at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I still do. Yeah. But I had an understanding for women that go through that. Like logical women that go through that
1: my husband thinks i'm so weird because i'm like call me a fucking whore slap me like do whatever you want to me and he's just my husband is the sweetest little fucking jelly donut seems like it. and oh he's my just God. he's so passive and like he's not you know aggressive at all so <laughs> he's got this fucking big bodacious blonde who's like just fuck me and he's just like <laughs> never knows what to do with me Does he's he like like gently choke you oh uh, like uh, exactly it's the hurt. cutest I thing i love him it's the cutest thing ever he's gonna kill me for talking about that but Wait, yeah no. No, it's I'll the cutest that. thing ever. And I'm like, if you're going to choke me, just
2: fucking do it. Oh, but like so I've had guys like is, punch is okay me in right? the fucking face. I love it. <laughs> Give me a black
1: eye. please. I've d- that's happened when you were talking about how you got slapped by the by the dick. Yeah. I had an ex <laughs> who had his dick pierced and he had this fucking huge Prince Prince Albert oh, no. and he fucking came up and slapped me right in my fucking face. And the the piercing hit my eye. No. And I had a black eye. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> i had a black eye for like three weeks dude and i loved it that everybody would be like what's wrong with you i'd be like i got dick slapped <laughs> it was just it was my excuse to fucking talk about one of my sexual experiences and i loved it
2: <laughs> i love uh, that you're so open about it too because a lot of people are so introverted no and it's I'm, taboo we don't talk about no i
1: feel oh, it's a part it. of life and yeah. sex is what makes the world go around we all got yes. here because of sex oh yeah you know so i think as long as you're having fun and it's not like hurting anybody, I think you're good. You know? I love that. DraftKings Casino is bringing you only the best classics like Blackjack, Roulette, and Slots plus exclusive games that you won't find anywhere else. I absolutely love Blackjack. It is my favorite game. I could play it for hours. You use your brain, the numbers. Download the DraftKings Casino app now and use code BUNNY. New players get an instant deposit matchup to $100 in casino credits when you deposit $5 or more. That's code BUNNY. B-U-N-N-I-E only on DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. 21 plus, physically present in Connecticut, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia only. Void in Ontario, eligibility and other restrictions apply. One per new customer must opt in and make minimum $5 deposits within seven days, 168 hours of registering new account. Max, match $100 in casino credits, which require one-time playthrough within seven days, 168 hours. See terms at casino.draftkings.com slash new player. Offer 2024. Yeah. I love that. So let's rewind back okay. before we got on this fucking grinder thing. I know. <laughs> we left off at you wearing your mom's clothes okay. and stuff like that. Yep. So, all through high school, it was lonely. You, mm-hmm. you know, didn't have friends and stuff like that. What happens once you graduate high school? Because you had said that you were not attracted to men. No. So, you had girlfriends.
2: I did. Yeah. Okay. I, I started lifting weights summer sophomore year. I got tired of being picked on. And I asked my dad, I said, he had this old rusty weight set in the garage. And I just looked at him. I said, show me. It's like, okay, cool. Let's do this. <laughs> show me everything. And I just, I hit the weights. Nobody ever picked on me again. I blew up in size over the summer. I didn't and do naturally, steroids. naturally? Did you yeah, do all it natural. Naturally? Yeah. All, I didn't do steroids until I was in my like mid-20s. <clears throat> it was before I got hired. Oh, God, I just checked on my own spit and took right. me back to the grinder experience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love those flashbacks. Oh, God, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Freudian slip. But, yeah, I didn't do stars, so I was in my, my mid-20s. You and got
1: accepted into, like, you started wrestling around 2007, right? Or was it It was then?
2: 2008 was my first. February 1st, 2008 was my first day at WWE in training. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And I, what I c-
1: started that journey? Because you started working out and yep. you, your, your
2: dad helped you and then all yep. that stuff. And I I realized that people didn't want to pick on me anymore. You're a good looking dude. I was a really good looking yeah, guy. Yeah, I God. was telling them,
1: I was like, I would definitely have banged him. Oh, God. <laughs> Gabe was a
2: daddy and yeah. he loved sex. Trust me, he yeah. loved hot blondes too. It, yeah. would have been, it would have been crazy.
1: Do you feel like you're two different people now?
2: I do. Yeah, I didn't think that in the beginning, mm-hmm. but there is there's parts of me that are left. Like the soul is still the same. Of I always course. say that the soul's still the same, but there's very little of Gabe left. Mm-hmm. You know, very little. the The kind hearted person I was, the big heart, the, the desire to consistently help people and contribute, that's there, mm-hmm. but. I look at photos, I'm like, I can't believe I was that person. That's like, who is that? Yeah, it doesn't even, it, I kind of blow a fuse when I think about it. Yeah. Um, where were we talking about? We Ooh, were sorry,
1: we were talking about how um, you had started lifting weights. Oh, and yeah. you had realized that people, you started to say that people, because you were.
2: Yes, so it gave me a platform. Right. And I, I started personal training. I've got a degree in civil engineering. I went through college. I was way more outgoing wow. once I, people stopped picking on me. Civil engineering is huge i yeah you could, i mean I've, you're a smart motherfucker i i don't want to be sound arrogant but i am yeah no toot your <laughs> horn baby you deserve I, um, that i majored in hydrology minored in structure so i could technically design a bridge or a skyscraper if i needed to wow but i transferred all my knowledge over the last 15 18 years to fitness and nutrition mm-hmm. so now i'm a licensed sports nutritionist cpt i've got four extra certifications in the national association of sports nutrition and in the last 15 years, I've coached, or 13 years, I've coached 1,500 people to success in health and fitness. So I learned early on that when, when people change their lives with, with fitness, and you watch somebody go through this amazing transformation, they become more confident in every aspect of their life. It, it spills over to their family. Mm. They become better mothers, fathers, parents brothers sisters better friends they get more confident at work I watch their careers take off Mm -hmm. and so it wasn't just changing a physique I was helping somebody change their entire life you
1: change your mind when you change your body you change your
2: mind you completely change your mind which is actually what I do more of now and we can talk about that later yeah but it put me in a position where I was doing a lot of training I was surfing I had started growing dreadlocks because it was part of the surf community. Mm -hmm. I just didn't give a shit about anything. I was working in the corporate world, still still a civil engineer. And um, we had a friend who owned a gym. We did personal training, and he owned a gym. We got to be friends because we were kind of competitors but kind of not. So Mm -hmm. it's good to know people in your network. Yeah. You always had these big-ass dudes around, Mm. just like six-foot-seven dudes around that were just jacked. Yeah. And little did I, I – didn't, I didn't watch wrestling. I stopped watching when I was like 10.
1: Yeah. Little I stopped that, watching when it was fucking Prince – what is it? Uh, Queen Elizabeth and fucking Randy Savage. Oh, God, <laughs> That yeah. was like Elizabeth the last time I was into fucking Same.
2: WWE. That was the last time I watched. It was the Hogan era. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And Rick Bassman was a scout for WWE. And these guys are just giant – wrestling stars around me i had no idea they were just my buddies it was like bear and tom and just all these other guys i and mean, sean I'm all, okay uh so one day he goes hey i know you don't watch wrestling but there's some scouts here why don't you come up and let them have a look i go okay so i went up to his gym and i don't know what i was getting into girl there Forty, fifty guys in their boots and underwear up there, and full gimmick. And <laughs> Ooh, I walk in like, like a good time. Why? I know, right? <laughs> now I'd <be> like, "Hi,
1: <laughs> what grinder date is this?"
2: <laughs> let's just uh, you know leave the lights on. Yeah. yeah, you can film too.
1: That's cool.
3: <laughs> For sure. <laughs>
2: but they just thought I was marketable, and then go, "Let's um, let's see what we can do here." So they sent me to training. I did good, and next thing I know, I got a contract in my hand. So
1: it seems like anything you set your mind to, you fucking crush.
2: I think that has a lot to do with being younger from our era Mm -hmm. where follow through was the most important thing a parent could teach a child. And it still is. Yes. That's what we're trying to instill in our child right now. It's critical. And I'm doing the same with mine. Mm -hmm. With her, she's just now getting into the homework era. She's Mm -hmm. 11. And the follow, my mom knew I could be a straight A student and she made me. If I didn't get an A on a test, she's like, why not? yeah and she goes we're gonna study and so she would study with me my dad would study with me uh, it it taught me the value of follow-through and so if I set my mind to something I absolutely get it done no matter what the cost I have this saying: if you look at your goals and you look at the reasons behind those goals if you're not absolutely fucking ecstatic to cross the finish line there's one of two things that needs to happen first pick different goals yeah I don't know when I decided to do this but I just don't pick different goals and I think it's because it's what the heart really wants. You mm-hmm. want that. The yeah. soul wants it. You want that. So yeah. why fucking pick a different goal? The second option is get better reasons. Yeah. So I just find better fucking reasons. I yeah. get more emotion behind it and I go do it.
1: Yeah. I love that. That's fucking great advice to follow. <coughs> um, so take me on this wrestling journey. Okay. What do you so want to know? <laughs> you got you got you go try out mm-hmm. in this room with everybody, you get a contract. And what is that like? You're And you're still, again, not attracted to dudes. Nope. Not thinking about transitioning. Nope. You and your wife are, were childhood sweethearts. When did you yeah. meet Priscilla? I
2: met her when she was 16 years old. Okay. I had just turned 18. We had mutual friends. We didn't even know. She's a cutie pie, by the way. She's a goddess. Yeah. She is hot. Yeah. And she's just as sweet. You mm. know, the inside and the outside match. That's all that means. Awesome. She's yeah. beautiful soul. But... The moment we locked eyes, we just—it was like lightning in the air. It was like, you know, it was like love at first sight. And we talked about reincarnation before. Mm -hmm. Her and I have lived many lifetimes together. Mm, It's as if we find really same. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. you find each other Mm -hmm. every time. It feels like every time. And so we just, we knew. Um, but yeah, I. I Did you guys
1: date at sixteen? And no. no? We okay. Waited. So you guys just because I was
2: I just turned eighteen. I was obviously <coughs> too old to date her. Right. We stayed friends. And her dad was a pastor. Oh, have a little Christian church. Oh. And so on her 18th birthday, or shortly after she turned 18, my my parents are gonna go see a movie. Remember the Mummy with Brandon or Brendan yes, Fraser? Yes. Yes. That had just hit theater. Back was, when Brendan Fraser was super hot. Oh my God, he was. <laughs> He used to be a babe, dude. Right? Yeah. I didn't think so at the time. I I mean, I knew he was a good-looking dude. I'm like, damn, you probably get all the girls, you know? Like, as a guy, you know what another good-looking guy looks like. Yeah, for sure. Brad Pitt. I'm like, fuck, I hate you. You're so hot. Yeah, like, come on. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's a funny sidebar story. You know, when i now middle of my transition, my mom comes and stays with me sometimes. My dad comes every now and then. He's got a bum knee, so it's hard for him to travel. Mm. Family is great. But she came... And we were watching Fast 9 mm. in my loft upstairs. And I looked at her. And this was kind of like as her and I were developing the new relationship. And I, Vin Diesel was on. I said, you know, Mom, I remember when I used to want to be Vin Diesel. She <laughs> goes, oh, yeah, you were you were big. And I said, now I just want to lick him. <laughs> and she's just like, oh, my God, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> Mom's like, stop it right <laughs> oh, now. That was so funny. Yeah. Uh so, yeah, W.W. was amazing. Uh, oh, no, we were talking about Priscilla. Yeah, Sorry. you're good. And then we can so go back into w- W.W. Uh, I, I go pick her up at, at her parents' house, but I called ahead of time. And I say, hey, Mr. Ingram, this is this is Gabe. I'm in front of your daughters. Uh, I was wondering if I could take her to a movie tonight. My parents and I and my brother are going to go see a movie. And it's at whatever time. And he goes, okay, well, we'll see. Why don't you be at my house at this time? I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> I, I shaved. Like I had a beard at the time. I had like a Backstreet Boy beard and goatee. <laughs> I had earrings. So I shaved a baby face, took out all my earrings, wore some preppy sweater, <laughs> showed up with a dozen roses and knock on the door. And he opens the door. He goes, oh, thanks. Those are for me. And he takes the flowers and walks away. I'm <laughs> like, oh, my gosh, shit. And he sits me down. Kind of like your studio here. There's, yeah. a, there's a chair there. There's a couch here. And so I sit. He goes, well, actually, he says, sit here. Go, okay. And he sits across the way. Girl, he didn't say anything.
1: He was trying to intimidate didn't you. He didn't say shit for <laughs> what
2: seemed like an eternity. And he's just staring at me to where I'm getting fidgety. I'm like, is he going to murder me? I have no idea where Priscilla is. And he just looks at me and he, he says one sentence. He leans forward and he goes, so what exactly are your intentions with my daughter? No. And even as a guy, I about pissed myself in that moment.
1: <laughs> You're like, well, I haven't thought that far.
2: <laughs> I really didn't. And I, I don't remember what I said, but I yeah. said all the right things. And he goes, OK. And Priscilla comes out like, Daddy, leave, leave him alone. And I go, no, we're fine. We're, we're good. And yeah. It's like out of a movie. Yeah, it was literally out of a movie, which got even better because we go to the movies and I was petrified about my mom talking to Priscilla. She hated all the girls I had dated before. Aww. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I had dated some real floozies. Yeah. That just were not up to par with my mom. You right. know? I mean, she had walked in on me and a girl previously. And, oh, oh, Poor yeah, mom is scarred. That ended terribly for that poor woman. Oh. Um, Not my mom, but but for, yeah, for yeah, Jill. Yeah. It yeah. ended horribly. <laughs> Damn it, Jill. Poor Jill. Poor I don't Jill. remember her last name. But, yep. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, yeah. And so... We get to the theater and Priscilla sits right next to my fucking mom. And I'm all well, this is over before it starts. I couldn't get those two to shut up through the whole fucking movie. Aww. They were just like two hands, like. So from Aww. that moment, I knew everything was perfect. You just
1: knew it was perfect. But yeah. you guys still didn't date or anything like that. You guys just continued to yeah. oh, be friends. Oh,
2: girl, we didn't. She had made a promise to God oh. uh, to not be with a man or kiss a man until her wedding day.
1: Aww.
2: So I honored that.
1: That's amazing. We dated
2: for five years, and we didn't kiss or do anything. So until.
1: you guys, from the start, developed a best friendship. We did.
2: Our relationship was based on more than just sex. Trust me, it wasn't easy. Yeah. Like, I think I still have calluses on my hands. <laughs> from yeah, jerking they're, off they're so deep. much. <laughs> they're deep. I they got back into my early 20s. Right. <laughs> there was a lot of solo time. Uh, but yeah, we developed something that people don't have, it was a deep emotional friendship.
1: Yeah. Which explains the connection now too. It does. Yeah. It really, really does. That's amazing. All right. Thanks. So take me on this WWE journey. Oh, you, girl. you get this Vince McMahon has always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. He like, rubs everybody the wrong he way. He seems <laughs> like he's just not a good, like he doesn't have a soul.
2: I don't think he does. Yeah. yeah I, I feel like he's very vacant behind the eyes. You know, it's interesting being a business owner. Uh, you know, now I've actually, I've scaled a couple companies and I have fourteen people that work underneath me now, and I've hired and fired a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of tolerance for you know stupid people, right? And people that say they're going to do something or not. And oh, when I, I hate think that. about Vince and the empire he runs and created,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you don't get that to where he is by being Empath- empathic, right? <laughs> you get that way by being a fucking shark and not tolerating bullshit, right? I don't agree with a lot of the things he does, mm-hmm. but at the same time he is just a cold hearted businessman. Yeah. I didn't get it at the time. And he's a different generation too. Much different yeah. generation. Yeah. Much different. I get it now though. I, and honestly, if I could go back and see him again, I, I would probably shake his hand and say, I learned a shit ton from all the, the shit you put us through and the way that you did business. I learned a lot from it. I didn't know it until 10 years later, but I learned right. from it. Thank wow. you. I would, I'd say thank you. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. But uh, WWE is interesting. Yeah. It was very interesting. I got to, uh, I spent February to June in training and I didn't run the indie scene like everybody else. They go do these little indie shit promotions. They mm-hmm. spend their life yeah. wanting to be wrestlers. I was the guy everybody hated because I got picked and they were starting to do this. They were looking for talent outside of the wrestling pool. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know shit. I was a quick learner. I learned everything very quick. And in six, less than six months, I was on TV and did wow. my debut. Yeah. And they started me off as a good guy. Didn't go too well. I was a big jack surfer dude and the bad guys were really small and I got most of the psychology of a wrestling match is to get the shit kicked out of you as a good guy. Right. To build sympathy. Right. And the crowd just wasn't buying it. So they turned me into a bad guy and that's when the shift happened. Yeah. I was really good at being bad. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I I love that. um, Did you really enjoy wrestling? Was that like, were you happy? Was your soul filled doing that or was it just kind of something that you were just using to pass the time? It was the hardest thing I've ever done. Mm.
2: Point blank. Physically, emotionally. All of the above. All of the above. It was such a mind fuck because we were in this era where the trainers made us job scared. Well, actually, I take that back. Nobody can make you feel any certain way. I I believe we're the masters of our own emotions. Yeah. We don't come out of the the womb feeling jealousy or or rage or malice. That's learned behavior. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I was job scared based on everything that they told us. I allowed myself to be job scared. And so did everybody in my crop. Yeah. It was, you shut up, you're humble, you don't do anything, you do what they say, you just wait, you you be quiet, you put your hands in your lap, that sort of thing. Don't ruffle feathers. Right. And that is what was the mind fuck, because you want to go break out and be a star. But how the fuck are you supposed to be yourself when you're not supposed to say anything? When you're scared shitless. Right. Yeah. So that was kind of the bulk of what I dealt with. It was always waiting for somebody to just kind of, okay is this okay I better do I do this do I not do this and it was a big mind fuck I loved loved being in front of the crowd I loved it it's you and another guy or you and two or three other guys if you're in a tag team and it's not like a football game
1: mm-hmm.
2: the whole fucking crowd's watching you you yeah. know with, you know with and Jay WWE fans are fucking insane it's crazy it's a cult oh my god it's such a cult yeah but to be able to control the energy there there is a undeniable energy Power. in an auditorium and arena you know that very well mm-hmm. and if you can you know lift your hand and the crowd goes nuts over here and you, you're, you're controlling ten thousand people yeah that's a fucking drug yeah like, to say the least i loved it i love to be hated because that was my job
1: yeah
2: i love being in the spotlight i loved every moment of that the politics fucking sucked the travel fucking sucked what is a travel schedule like for a wrestler oh god so we we do what or we did what you would call house shows mm. and basically I would leave San Francisco on a red eye Thursday night I get to whatever east coast you know Midwest place we were going Thursday morning and then me and Chris Masters is usually who it was we grab a hotel room together and split the cost because the wrestlers pay for their own hotel their own gym their own rental wow. car WWE covered the flight that was it wow oh yeah oh yeah and you everybody's like oh you're rich you're like no all your money goes to travel like you know, they paid me a hundred grand wow. and i all the rest a of my year a tra- hundred grand a year wow is all they paid me and um i spent over a third of it on travel wow and then uncle sam took a third so you right. don't make what everybody thinks you make right but so friday we do a house show it's non-televised and then we drive 300 miles to 300 miles to the next town sleep do another house show drive another two three hundred miles sleep do the next show until we get to monday night raw which was live to tv mm-hmm. then we drive closer to 300 miles so people can't buy tickets to the same show and they can pack that arena wow we taped smackdown on tuesday it would air friday we would leave wherever we were on the east coast wednesday i would walk in the door back home in the bay area about three thirty in the afternoon and then i would see my wife and my Daughter, <laughs> who was less than a year old, for half a day, and then I take off and do it again. Wow, yeah. that's why I quit. Damn. Yeah.
1: Do you I think you got that from your dad?
2: I, I do. I because think your
1: dad, you know, he turned down I the think financing. It instilled
2: in me mm-hmm. the value of family. Yeah. And I'm so glad I did. I walked out after SummerSlam. I just walked. What in. year? How it long was were you? 2012. In that? I was 2008 okay. to 2012 was my TV run. Mm-hmm. And after SummerSlam, I just, I called Priscilla. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I can't be away. Mia was crying every time I left. She she couldn't quite say daddy. She would say dadai. Oh. And she'd stand at this. Dadai, don't go. Dadai. Oh, like, oh dadai. God. <laughs> and it broke my heart. I'm like, I can't be a FaceTime parent. No. So I walked into Raw the next day. We were, and I was finally our time. We were getting that push, as we call it, where you get the machine behind you. And Vince loved our gimmick. We were... <laughs> my my tag par- partner hawkins and i they came up with this gimmick for strippers it was when magic mike <laughs> had just come out yeah and kevin nash was in magic mike so triple h had a hard-on for the, the show but vince loved it and we, we finally had vince behind us we were doing great and i literally walked in and i'm like hawkins i'm quitting today he's like what <sighs> and so i talked to everybody and triple h was really cool he goes i get it i'm a dad door's always open for you no problem just head home you're good i'm like okay That's amazing yeah i drove home from fresno that day which is crazy that was my debut arena and randomly the arena where i quit wow was fresno california wow so i drove a couple hours home that day and that was that was the end of it
1: what uh what year did you and priscilla get married 2002 okay what was the wedding night like after you had waited five years
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: for more than one reason, it was
2: painful for her and very quick for me. Oh, it like, ah, okay. It's been five years. Well, you're you're well, like the buildup was.
1: Wah, yeah. wah, wah. And, but
2: in all honesty, I, we've never told this story, and it might as well. She'll probably shoot me for telling it. But
1: tell so Priscilla, could come on next time you come on. Uh, that I would will be amazing. Her,
2: oh my God, she is. You'd love her, yeah Annie. You would love yeah. her. She seems like a doll, baby. She, she God, she's amazing. But again. Big strong guy, virgin female. Tiny. You know, she's tiny she's, too. She's literally a virgin on her wedding night, and so we went really slow. Mm-hmm. But it was so painful for her. Ugh. We couldn't really get things done. Yeah. And so we stopped. And oh. she cried about it. And she was feeling like she was a failure. And I reassured her, like, sweetheart, we have our whole lives to work on this. Oh. We, we just got married. Don't. No big deal. Yeah. I'm fine. And so that's kind of how wedding night went. And then slowly, we kind of we broke her in. Yeah, (laughs) now she's a professional. Yeah. Oh God, girl, we went on this cruise on. It was a Carnival cruise, and my grandfather paid for it. It was fantastic. Five day cruise. You know, you get those little cabins. Mm -hmm. And we were, we were doing the honeymoon thing. Oh, really? 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 Really really noisy. Ah, uh, I love that. About day two, we we kind of hear some chuckles in the in the hallway, and we're like, oh, people walking by. Cool. Let's keep going. And we're sitting on, sitting on the bed one day, and we just kept hearing these, these chuckles. And we, we'd go outside, and you know, parents would shoo their kids away from us. We're <laughs> like, what the hell's going on? And we sit on the bed one day, and, and I go, hey, P, I want to I wanna try something. She goes, what? Because we just finished a nice loud round. <laughs> and I said, just, I'm going to walk outside, just say something in a normal voice. And I shut the door. I'm in the hallway, you know, the, the cruise ship hallway. And yeah. she goes, can you hear me? I'm like, off. Oh,
1: Fuck. Everybody was hearing you guys' I'm like, you could probably hear us
2: on three decks below at this point. Oh <laughs> my so god! It was I'm all, oh god, I was mortified. <laughs> she was mortified. It was like heads down. The rest of the crew just sunglasses and fucking hoodies over oh, your heads. Yeah. It was <laughs> terrible.
1: Aw, you guys are so adorable though. <laughs> That's so sweet. So what happens after you quit wrestling? Like, what do you, what's going on? Like, what's going through your mind? How are you feeling? Were you happy about that decision? Were you, did it take a minute to adjust?
2: It was the best decision I ever made. Yay. The the day I quit, the next day, my daughter took her first steps.
1: Aw, it was confirmation from the universe.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. But I went into business with my wife's brother. He'd done digital marketing forever. So I started working for myself again, and I hated it. I hated it. I just needed to make money. Right. You know, I had I had a couple of grand in the bank. I knew... pays you for, I think it was like 90 days. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had three months to get my shit together. Right. I did. and uh, But I hated it. I wasn't making money. I was designing websites. I was really good at what I did. Yeah. It was hard. Yeah. I had to learn from scratch. I didn't know anything about web. I had to... Just, again, I had to go learn something brand new. I was borrowing money from my parents. But I had a side project. I still love fitness and nutrition. My, mm. my brother... Uh, he died in 2012 he committed suicide oh my god the goodness. day after christmas and he was a wonderful kid he was addicted to methamphetamines uh, he was in finance third marriage i didn't know anything about meth and it something happened later in his life he died when he was 30 and it had been going on i don't know how long several years but it got worse and worse and worse and at one time he called me and he was paranoid again this was becoming more and more frequent. He was in a hotel. Is you know he'd left the house and he was telling me the CIA was after him and all this shit. And I'm yeah, like, I'm well, bro, you are you're high. I don't want to talk to you right now. Call me when you get sober. And I hung up on him. But he'd also gotten us in some legal trouble. Um, I had been doing his like website and stuff, and I had bought his domain for him because he's my brother. And some guy sued him, and then he sued me because I ran his domain. And I'm like. Oh my God! You got to be kidding me! I'm in a lawsuit because of some stupid shit you did.
3: Yeah. I'm like, I
2: don't have any money, bro. And I was really mad at him. Like you're wrecking my life. I'm like, what are you doing? Like get your shit together. Yeah. And so normal
1: brother conversation for what literally, was going on. Literally.
2: <clears throat> and I didn't talk to him. We didn't talk for a couple months. And he FaceTimed me the day after Christmas, and I knew something was wrong, but I was still mad at him. And so I kind of waved from across the way. I'm like, hey. And I just tell something was wrong in his voice. And the next day, he was supposed to pack up his truck, drive home. He was in SoCal. My dad was going to put him in rehab. He stopped at a shooting range on the way, and he shot himself in the head.
3: Oh, so my God. I
2: missed that opportunity to help him when he called me, and I never forgave myself for that. And so I promised myself. That's heavy for you to have to carry that, too. Girl, decade, I carried that. I carried that. But that's why I decided to help people. Yeah. So I, I wrote a, a little story little silly ebook about fitness that's the only way i knew how to help people and i put it on the internet and i spent the last 40 dollars in my pocket to boost a facebook ad and it worked wow it worked and it went i went from making a couple grand a year with this company i called body spartan which was just it was me pouring my heart and soul into motivation Mm. not asking for a thing and then i published this silly little ebook and we made seven figures that year Wow. It was. In James you have State. a horseshoe
1: up your ass. I say that to my husband. Are you the, a what? <laughs> a horseshoe up your <laughs> ass. <laughs> oh, the lucky horseshoe. Literally, I say that to my husband too. It's like no matter what he does, he always
2: comes out on top. Well, I was kind of thinking i might actually like that right now. So yeah, <laughs> in this stage of my life, I'm like, right, might well, be fun.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I would like to have that experience. Tell <laughs> me, do that. I know,
2: right? I was like who's gonna be on the other end with that? That would be real. Okay. I of that? Not fucking
1: carpet guy. No, God, no.
3: <laughs>
2: no, but we can we can welcome. I call I call my guy David. I don't want to give his real name away yeah and on social media My like Gabby after dark lives I yeah call him David when I could bring David over he'd do that to me
1: I love that <laughs> so okay so you you make seven figures you're fucking kicking ass yep. at life when uh, is when are you starting to think about transitioning has this crossed your mind yet are you still just mm-hmm. alpha
2: mailing it up a total alpha male okay. it was on a ton of steroids during that kind of 2012 to 2020 time. Okay, got to be about 280 pounds, like six to eight percent body fat year round. Y- you saw photos. I had dreadlocks yeah. on my ass. No, you guys got to go. Go
1: look. Go look up Gabby pre-transition. She was. Ba- I mean, she's banging now, <laughs> but her, Gabe was hot too. Oh, he was so. Hot. Yeah,
2: I, I hate to say it. It sounds so Buffalo Bill, but like I would have dated me. God. Yeah, <laughs> I'd fuck me. <laughs> I've been avoiding saying it this whole time, but I'm like, oh, I would totally I fuck would me. fuck me. I'm yeah. waiting for all the, you know, the haters to be like, oh, God, she's such an autogonophile. God, all who she's fucking crazy. cares about these people? I'm just like, yeah, I would totally fuck myself. Totally. No, I, I told them that. I was like, he, he was hot, dude. Yeah. So, but yeah, I was uh, no thought of transitioning about 36 years old, though. In the bedroom, I had this resurfacing. I, I would walk into Priscilla's closet when she was not around, like putting away laundry. And I remember very specifically one day, I was like putting away her panties. And I just like, huh. kind of look at them like, shit. And I kind of like halfway put them on. I'm all, nope, those are going to rip. <laughs>
1: <And so laughs> Big ass dude. Yeah, I put them away <laughs>
2: real quick. But I had this desire to start getting back into female clothing and having that experience again. And it took me back to my childhood.
1: (coughs) Do you think it's because you suppressed it so much as a child and that it just started resurfacing? I'm sorry. I'm coughing.
2: No, no, it's me too. (coughs) Excuse me. I told you I've got that esophagus thing going on. So I cough a lot right now, Yeah, but I think that was the beginning of it. And I remember that the very pivotal night I Wanted to just get into female clothes so bad. But here I am, this giant alpha male. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: I was slowly drinking more and more and more. Mm. And my drink of choice was Johnny Walker Black. Oh. And I get those big-ass handles at Costco. You know? I would go through, you know, half a handle in a week. Like, no problem. But I was... I was four or five very full scotches down that night laying face down on the bed and Priscilla comes up and you know it's sexy time and she's like what do you want to do? And I'm just face down on the bed just drunk and I'm like put your panties on me. <laughs> she's just like what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> she had no inclination. Is you right? had never. Did you ever tell her about your childhood at no. all? Oh no. God,
2: no! It was the deepest, darkest secret yeah. I ever had. Like okay. I said, and early in our marriage, she had tried to kind of like slip a finger in the no no zone. Mm-hmm. and I was like, oh <laughs> fuck no, no. As much as I want to be like, yeah, go for it, yeah. The inside of me, I was like, oh yeah, go yeah. for that. But at the the male in me is like, don't you dare not. Yeah, that's not going up there. I'm gay. If you do that, no, not not admitting that. Not I'm not feminine. I don't want things inserted into me. Right. So I said it again. and I'm just laying there with my head in a pillow. I'm like, put your panties on me. (laughs) Bitch. (laughs) I'd fuck me. (laughs) Yeah. And I just remember her just like, I'm down for anything. Let's go. And so there she did. And it was this bedroom thing. Yeah. And uh, the way I... I've got a much more level head now. Right. I not drink. Right. I, I stopped drinking almost two years ago. Good. I'm post-heart surgery, and my heart does not like it when I drink, so it was a reason to stop.
1: Absolutely.
3: So
2: I stopped drinking, but, and hormones have leveled out quite a bit. I'm much more balanced than in the beginning.
1: I can't that's gotta we'll get into that, but that's gotta be brutal. <laughs> Going from steroids of testosterone a to estrogen, dude? Holy shit.
2: That's a ride. Oh that's that's like a five G ride at six flags oh, that never stops. I couldn't imagine. It's crazy. But it So became, you guys did the panties. We did the panties. And then we did the, uh, you know, the let's put a let's put a finger in the butt kind of thing, yeah. and then let's. let's and Priscilla keep.
1: didn't, uh, well, because she's a virgin, so she's probably not picking up on.
2: Nope. Any of that. Okay. Nope. And it was just, I trust my husband. Like yeah. se- our sex was good. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I said it earlier. We would go for hours. Yeah. You know, we would spend till the sun rose. I mean, Aww. we did crazy things like we would we would bang on the front yard sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like I was like, we love were just that. such voyeurs. It was so bad. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, but when I look back on it, I felt safe in the bedroom. Yeah. And I, I really had to analyze what was going on and I think the way I, I really thought about it, it was it was a safe Because 'Cause everybody's got a kink, right? Right. And if I was ever if it was ever exposed for any reason, I'm like, eh, it's just a bedroom thing, fuck it, you know? Mm. Like guys do weird shit in the bedroom yeah. all the time and it's secret, like no big deal. Yeah. But then it became when she wasn't around, like I had a pair of panties that I obviously ruined when she put on me. <laughs> Those are mine. And she yeah. put them in my drawer. Oh,
1: she'd let you have them. She was like, you can have them.
2: I mean, they were stretched and ripped ten waves from <laughs> Sunday. She was like, am well, I'm putting these back on. These would be for playtime. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, Aww. playtime, it, you know, it evolved to when she wasn't around. What does it feel like when you would put on women's clothes? It was very, well, and I have to caution. Be careful when I say this. Mm. Because there are so many people that go, it's a sexual fetish. And as a guy, there's like, there's a lot of testosterone floating around, especially for a guy with, you know, a ton of testosterone and steroids in his system. But it was highly arousing. But also, it was very comforting. Mm. It felt right. Mm -hmm. And I I didn't want to get out of them. Right. And so even there were just times when I wasn't aroused and I just put them on. I'm like, okay, I can just kind of wear these things around the house. Like
1: a a special blanket, you know, (laughs) like. You know what? You know what I'm talking about? You know, like some people, some guys carry around a blanket that they my had blankie. when they were kids or a teddy bear, you know, I like a panda bear. So, yeah. <laughs> it was
2: like my panda bear.
1: Yeah. There you go. It was just comfort. Did you ever watch South Park? Uh, parts of it. Yes. Yeah, there was it.
2: an episode where they did like a sexual harassment panda. And as I said <laughs> that, I'm like, this is just way too coincidental. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would just kind of, you know, secretly wear them as much as I could. And it felt right. It wasn't like a dirty sexual fetish. It was just like, this feels right kind of thing. Uh, Because I couldn't wear anything else. Mm. I I walked around in boxers half the time. I I wore boxer briefs. Right. But I walk around in boxers. And, you know, guys walk around without a shirt on all the time. Yeah. It's not like I wear a bra around the house and get away with it. Right. (laughs) But when COVID hit, it became once in a blue moon to everybody's locked down and we got nothing to do. Let's everybody get drunk every single night. (laughs) And that's kind of what we did. Mia would go to bed. And she'd go to bed at like 7.30. She was pretty young. And we'd get drunk. And it became a a once-a-month thing and a once-every-other-week thing and a a once-a-week and a a once-a-night to suddenly we're not having sex. What was happening? I just wanted to get dressed up and be me. And we started having these incredible conversations. Uh, There was a lot of emotion in it. Sorry, my throat is talking to us. Um, And we cried. She cried. I cried. This whole other side of me came out.
1: Yeah, and these conversations, what were they about? Just how you were feeling? It was
2: deep emotion about our love for each other, about the universe. I was embracing femininity in those moments. And and, And unfortunately... Again, I have to be careful about how I say this. Right. Because your journey is your journey. Right. And people are going to take this. They're going to twist it 10 ways from Sunday because they always do. But all I had was lingerie at the time. Because when you look around on the internet as a guy for women's clothing, all that comes up are crossdresser sites. And, you know, a lot of these people never want to transition. They just get off by being in women's clothing. It's true. There's a lot of people that do that. There's right. a lot of crossdressers that, And there's mean,
1: nothing wrong with
2: that. No, absolutely yeah. not. And I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Mm-hmm. That's all I could find. I'm like, well, I'll just buy lingerie because I'm 270, 50 pounds varying depending on the day at that time. And this is all I could find to fit. It was like a, you know, a 6X in my size <laughs> on these cross-dresser sites. <laughs> but it helped me to to slide into femininity. And th- they were just very deep conversations and I would, I would get to be me. And it, it's this other side of Gabe that nobody had seen. But mm-hmm. I... I truly believe it was the side of me that I suppressed mm-hmm. as a 10 year old kid coming back up and being able to connect with Priscilla about marriage and things that I was, I was wrong on that I had just slammed the hammer down on as a guy like, no, I'm right. Yeah. Where I I didn't do that. We got to talk about her emotions a lot and I got really good at listening.
1: Aww.
3: I got
2: really good at listening. That's amazing that you were able to hear her. It, it was different. It was different. Most guys don't listen. Mm-mm. They listen to respond. They do. Did I just smear my lip all over my <laughs> face? <laughs> Put on your lipstick, you whore. <laughs> we like it. Um, it was just, it was this beautiful experience. And it suddenly sex exited the relationship. Okay. And we had, we had sex occasionally, but um, it was about getting dressed in the feminine as quickly as possible because I only had a couple hours. And then once that time was up, I had to go wipe off all the makeup. I had to get all the clothes and hide them. Get rid of all the residual eyeliner because I had to be gay the next day, and my kid couldn't find out. The motivational videos I was doing for all the alpha males, the millions of guys that followed me on social media, but like we were internationally known for body sport. And I worked out with guys, like Mike O'Hearn's, a good friend of our family. C.T. Fletcher, I still talk to him. Yeah, like we have, we had workout videos with amazing amazing icons
1: do you also think priscilla was backing off because she you did you know reveal your deepest darkest secrets and maybe she realized like hey this is my best friend i want him to live his most uh, her to live her most authentic her most authentic life sorry it's a mouthful uh, no it's
2: fine don't it's hard when when we talk about me being gay right right it's I don't know I'm not like I said I'm not a special sniff like I'm <laughs> always it's confusing even for me do I call myself a guy back then or right. not Or I don't know yeah. Priscilla even but I think like, what then do I do? Was the
1: tra- when it was starting to transition was she was realizing that you were Gabby as yeah. opposed to Gabe so yeah. she's letting you live your she most was authentic and
2: it, there was a time when she came to me too I just uh, insider.com asked me to write an article about this and it just got published two days ago so I wrote I wrote an article I read it have asked me oh you read it mm-hmm. yeah and so then you'll be aware of what I'm gonna say she came to me one day and she said look honey I don't know how to tell you this but in in the daytime or the next day whenever you're not Gabby and you know we're we're getting intimate I still have these visions of you dressed as a woman and I'm having a hard time being attracted sexually and that was the moment where I just went okay this is a fetish. I can't do this. It's ruining my marriage. You know, whatever. Don't worry about it, girl. Never. she's like, No, no, no. I don't want you to you don't have to stop, but I, I gotta talk to you about it. I'm like, No, no, it's over. I'm like, boom, hammer down, done. That was the male mentality. You know, it's just like, eh, I was I was very extreme in everything I did. Um, because that's just who I was. Right. And so I buried it. I I, I remember that night I took a big old <laughs> I'd been off steroids for a while and I just loaded up a syringe with like test and trend and I just jabbed it into my shoulder
1: do we think this is why we had heart problems uh, very,
2: well <laughs> what's interesting is my heart problem was genetic oh and wow they Stanford theorized it was an aortic aneurysm in the ascending aorta. oh
1: my goodness yeah
2: it, my mom had the surgery a year before I did however I think I might have accelerated the need to have it before I was 60 Shit. because of my consistently high blood pressure right with the steroids god, you're so. lucky you survived that oh like, i'm very lucky most yeah. people have no i had symptoms i was one of the one percent of the population that had an aortic aneurysm that had symptoms what so were your symptoms it. it was a deep ache like right on the left here just underneath my breastplate i'm like what is that oh. it was just consistent and that's the aneurysm growing it's like a water <sighs> balloon yeah and that, my mom that, had
1: one in her brain oh she did and she lived oh hmm. my god She's dead now, but she lived, she made it past that.
0: Do I laugh? The way he <laughs> yeah. said that?
1: Yeah. She's <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. But I mean, the bitch fucking made it through the aneurysm, dude.
2: <laughs> Not the, She's gone to a better place. Yeah. She's fucking dead. I'm sorry, Bunny. I just was like, what do I say? Oh, my no, God. You're
1: good. You're good. <laughs>
2: God rest her soul. Yes. Yes. Uh but uh, I yeah, I think that my high blood pressure, my extremely mm. high blood pressure, uh, con- contributed to me needing the surgery sooner than most people do. Goodness gracious. But I, I stuck that that syringe in my shoulder and I remember feeling like as I pushed that syringe down, I just felt like Gabby, her light extinguishing. and I felt like mm. I killed I killed Gabby. And so I went to the gym. I, I put on another 15 pounds. I was back up at almost 280. But I kept all those female clothes in my closet. Mm. I had a wig and everything in there. I had all, a bunch of really terrible Amazon wigs <laughs> that were like 15 bucks. Like my coming out video is that $15 Amazon wig. I'm like, I thought I was so cute in it. No,
1: <laughs> that's the cutest thing ever, though. It was,
2: oh God, it was, speaking of trash. <laughs> oh, stop it. You had
1: to learn. You have to learn how to be a girl. I did. And that's, you know, it's such an interesting
2: thing that you just said because it is a learning process it is you know I'm still learning how to be a woman <laughs> <laughs> shit this
1: is why I love you this is absolutely why I'm I love serious. you <laughs> it's a never-ending fucking life lesson let me tell you it it seems like it's gonna be that way for me yeah. too you've you've got it down pretty good though uh, I have a lot <laughs> to learn <laughs> just hit me up anytime you have any questions I got you okay well cool <laughs> I
2: like this I got a mentor yeah I, but I, I walked into my closet and I I would kind of you know, turn my head from my clothes like this. No, no. And then every day I would walk in there. It got harder and harder. And one day I walked in and I, I think I was reaching for a shirt and I accidentally touched one of the wigs and I was running my fingers through it. I had this epiphany. It was this pivotal moment where I realized I didn't kill Gabby. And Gabe and Gabby were not two separate personas. They weren't two separate people. They were one person, one one persona. It was just me. But it was the me I'd buried since childhood. Mm -hmm. And I I couldn't bury it anymore. Mm -hmm. And that was the moment I became suicidal. Mm. Because my wife, in my opinion, Priscilla didn't want me to stop being me. I had just taken it the wrong way. And so in my head, I'm like, my wife doesn't want me to to do this. I'm 270 pounds right now. I'm Well, you had shame.
1: You had shame, too. I I had a ton of
2: shame. Mm -hmm. A ton of shame. Yeah. And I, I went started to get very suicidal mm. I just wanted to be as low to the ground as possible I, I couldn't understand it I just wanted to lay on the ground and just like, let the energy leave me it was a month of this mm. um, I, went th- I had visions of me putting my gun to my head and pulling the trigger mm. I, could, I literally could feel the cold steel on my head mm. I, and it scared me it was very scary mm. but it was also at that moment it was a very inviting release to the pain I was dealing with the yeah. emotional pain Mm. so yeah it's brutal
1: nobody gets that unless you've been down that low you know it's hard girl it's very hard
2: it's, it's very very it's hard it's scary um, yeah. but yeah but Priscilla we had, had a blowout argument one night our marriage was over before I started transitioning well it, it she was, was
1: probably heartbroken you know the man that she fell in love with you know it's kind of like you're losing your so- Not I don't want to say soulmate because you guys are going to be you know partners in life no matter what but on her end too it was probably very like she wants to let you be you but at the same time she's losing her love of her life she was mm. and
2: i don't think it was the reason the reason our marriage ended it was a good catalyst mm-hmm. we were rocky before and oh, it was gotcha. it was going to end before we had hoped that moving to texas would be a fresh start for us mm-hmm. but there was just no saving it mm, gotcha but this was a good it was a good way to release each other in friendship But we had had this drag him out Like knock him out argument the night before She left stayed at a friend's house And she came back and I was I was convinced it was That was the day I was going to die I knew it I knew if she she didn't come home And she was going to leave She was going to take me uh, Which was good at that moment And uh, by the end of the night I'd be gone Mm. Um, Well I haven't thought about that in a long time Mm. Sorry
1: No you're okay Uh, It's very heavy it's very deep But it's real It was part of your story
2: it was interesting. I, I, I relived that moment for a second in those emotions, and that was hard. Uh, but she asked me if I wanted to talk. She came back. <clears throat> I said, sure. And she sat me down on the porch in our little kind of love seat on the porch. She said, I want to say what I want to say first. And she said all the things about our argument. And I looked at her, and I said, you're right. I was wrong. Which was this massive red flag for her? She's like, wait, Gabe's wrong and something? What's going on? You know, like
1: <laughs> a Scorpio being wrong? Never <laughs> <laughs> me with all those planets. And then,
2: what the fuck's going on? You know, and at that moment she knew something was up, and so she came and sat alongside of me, and she said, "Do you have something you need to tell me?" And it, girl, it took me like must take me five minutes to cough the words up. I just I couldn't get them past like my larynx. I tried, and it, they just would not come up. But she said, this is a safe place. You can tell me anything. I love you. And, and then I said, if, if I can't live my life as a woman, I don't want to be alive. And she looks at me and she she keeps her hand on me and she says, honey, I know. I love you. And we'll figure this out.
1: Oh, no, my
2: God. She knew before I did. She knew months before. And so much so that she had called her mom over the summer and said, you may want to come out, bring the family I don't know how long Gabe's going to be Gabe. <laughs> oh my He's goodness. He's going through kind of a thing. So um, her family had flown out and seen me be right before I started transitioning.
1: So from that conversation is when you s- decided to
2: start transitioning? That was the moment I was free. It was as if that heavy weight, remember I was telling mm-hmm. you about that? Yeah. I was just released and my I was free. It's like mm. a thousand chains on my heart were broken. Yeah. And I instantly just was like, let's go. And Aww. I've never looked back.
1: And that was 2020?
2: That was September 2020, uh, October 13th, actually. Wow. What's today, the
1: 17th? Today's the, yep, I think so.
2: We are four days past my three-year anniversary of starting hormones. Aww. Yeah.
1: I love that. Everything's so, meant to be. It is. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, that's oh amazing. My <laughs> that's so amazing. How did your family take to you transitioning? And then let's get into this transitioning journey because yeah. I have so many questions. I got answers. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure people listening to this podcast that are dealing with the same thing that you are are wondering about your journey as well. So yeah, I think it's you're helping people.
2: I hope so. Yeah. That's why I'm so open about it. Mm-hmm. Because for years, you know, decades, people hide this stuff and yeah. they usually end up committing suicide. Mm. So if we can prevent one person from doing that, then we've done our job for the day. Absolutely. But my, my parents, I was petrified to tell them, petrified to tell them. And I don't know why. I think maybe because I respected them so much. Mm-hmm. My dad's a man's man, you know. Mm-hmm. Love me. We, we always hug, you know, even as guys. The, the bro hug, you know, very, yeah. very affectionate family. But I was petrified. And I had to go through this whole process in my head of, of losing everything. Because I thought maybe what if they disown me? What if they never want to talk to me again? And I lived that moment out in my head. And I went through that and I asked myself, can I be okay with this if my parents never talk to me again? And I decided, yeah, if that's the worst case scenario and I'm me, I'm okay. So Priscilla had a suggestion. She said, why don't you write them a letter? That way you don't have to see their faces, see the reaction. You don't have to feel the moments of interruption and you can just say what you need to say. I'm like, oh my God, that's a great idea. So I wrote them, I hand wrote them a 12 page letter and it started off with mom, dad, I'm not sick, I'm not dying, I'm not on drugs, I'm not crazy, everything's fine but I have something I need to tell you and I need you to read this letter from start to finish before you even pick up the phone or you contact me and I just spilled everything from my childhood to that moment and at the end I said please don't call, please don't text. Don't contact me until you've had time to process this. And if it's an hour, amazing. If it's 10 years, that's okay, too. But when you do, just send me a text. Let me know you, you've you processed. It can be an I don't understand. I have questions. It can be an I hate you. It can be whatever. And it, it could just be I need more information. But text me first. And she said, put tracking on it so you know and you don't wonder if they ever got it. Right. And it happened on a Tuesday. Priscilla's smart girl she's <laughs> so intelligent it's yeah incredible. she's one of the most intelligent women i know yeah happened on a tuesday and i was out front i had just told my neighbors who were our good friends about my transition and one of my daughter's best friend's moms had kind of saw us on the front porch we were having a couple glasses of scotch and i'm like mm-hmm. you want to come drink she's like yeah let's do it <laughs> and i told her she was everybody was very happy and supportive so i was feeling on cloud nine and then my phone lights up mm. And you always think it's gonna be your mom that texts and things like this. It was my dad. And it just said, I love you forever. Ah, Right? <laughs> the man's man. I love you forever. That makes me get choked up. And then my mom with the you know, the essay followed thirty <laughs> seconds later about we love you. How do we not know I'm so sorry? How do we support you? Are you safe? You know, can we come see you? When can we talk? Like, oh just my full goodness. support from day one. I love that. Yeah, from day one.
1: That's so amazing.
2: I was I'm very lucky in that aspect. Yeah. It was just it was wonderful. And like I said, I see my folks all the time. I'm actually uh, I'm flying to Disneyland on my birthday, which is November first, mm. and I'm flying my mom down to meet me there. Aww. So we're doing a mommy daughter Disney trip. Oh. My kiddo didn't want to go, believe it or not, she's afraid to fly. So Aww. I said, Can I go with Gigi? She goes, Yeah go, I'll stay here. No problem. I'm like, okay.
1: Your daughter so, reminds me of our daughter they have like the same quirky personality and just yeah (laughs) enjoy the moments because when they turn 15 it's fucking their assholes oh god i know right
2: because she's already gone on 20 yeah oh wait just wait
1: she was so i tell mimi all the time i'm like she was so sweet when she was 11 what the fuck happened as soon as she turned 13 i'm like who are you you're a demon what is going on No, she's a great kid but golly i'm like
2: hear that's the magic number 13 that's when i can expect the horns to start growing pray for me
1: (laughs) pray for me and my husband husband <laughs> um so okay so you get this text from your mom everybody's supportive when do you start doing hormones and when like how did you even know how to transition did you have to research it I like knew nothing okay
2: I knew not I knew nothing about the community mm-hmm. I knew nothing about transitioning I, I had I just dove into research I'm like, what do, what do I do I know yeah. that there are people that do this and what do I do so you could write like a, a book on this I'm someday I'm going to. Yeah. It just doesn't feel like it's quite the right time. yet. Right. I'm still early. Mm-hmm. I've got a You're lot of life learning. left in me and there'll be a time, but it's not quite yet. Mm-hmm. It's not quite yet. So scientist, bachelor of science in civil engineering, I, and all these other accolades I have, I just started diving into research. Yeah. And I understood the risks. hmm and I got on hormones as quickly as possible. So I found this clinic called the Kine Clinic in Austin, and it was so interesting, Bunny. No therapy needed, no nothing. They're just like, come on in. I'm like, oh, okay. It took me a month to get an appointment with them, but I did, and I came in, told them I, was, I wanted to transition. I said, okay, are you sure? I said, yeah, okay, here you go. Gave me a prescription. I'm like, huh, that was easy. <laughs> right
1: I would think that it would be a lot like you would it had a lot of red tape
2: you'd think
1: right that's crazy
2: I was very relieved I didn't mm. need red tape right because right, right. I want I had been dealing with this my whole my life. whole life mm-hmm. I knew it was I'm I was 42 at the time well I was 41 at the time I was a couple weeks shy of my 42nd birthday I knew what I wanted yeah I knew I wasn't crazy I knew what I needed to do I'm right. very confident in that and I'm sure most people will look at me and If they listen to what I say, aside from my quirky, you know, entertaining side on social media, they get to know me. They're like, you're pretty fucking normal, Gabby. Yeah. Uh, But it was shocking that I didn't need any therapy before. Right. It was really interesting. But a long story short, I got, I got What they put you on? Estrogen and Spronolactin. It was oral estrogen pills. It was 2.5 milligrams, basic starting dose, and spironolactin, which is an androgen blocker. So it shut down my natural testosterone production. Gotcha. And within a month, I could start to see some feminization starting. I'd, I'd shave my beard off. I wasn't wasn't uh, doing the beard thing anymore because it interferes with makeup. Right. <laughs> and then there's this whole presentation thing that happened. And I, I told my daughter, I said, look, daddy's kind of going through a... She had this cool little app. It was called Gotcha Life that all the kids play. Mm-hmm. And you make these little characters and stuff. And there was a button for a gender bend. And you could turn a guy into a girl. So if they wanted to make a, a guy character look like a girl, whatever... They could. And I said, well, daddy's kind of going through a gender bend," And then she goes, oh, okay. And I said, so you might see me wearing hair and makeup and stuff like that around the house in girls' clothing. And she's like, okay. And I told her, I said, look, I'm, I'm not going to do this outside, though. So nobody will know. She says, why? And I said, because I'm, I'm kind of afraid people will make fun of me. Aww. And she gives me this big hug. And she goes, daddy, I'll never make fun of you. <laughs> and so I start crying. She starts crying. I'm with big hugs and... <coughs> So she knew that was happening. So there's no beard. I saw feminization starting about the 30 day mark. It's something in the eyes. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it, but it's something around the eyes. Softens like, your eyes, probably. I think that was really what started to mm-hmm. happen, and it was slow. It wasn't happening at the rate I wanted it to. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, can I make this happen overnight? <laughs> You're can I just like, skip all I this need shit? a magic
1: wand. <laughs> how Literally, give me a fairy
2: godmother. How are you mentally
1: feeling at that time? Yes.
2: Oh, girl. Estrogen in the system? Yeah. Roller coaster. Oh, I couldn't imagine. A leaf would blow by. I'm like, it's so beautiful. (laughs) And at the same time, Priscilla would say something. And I'm like, you hate me. Oh, Oh, no. It was crazy. I'm like, I cry at everything. What the fuck's going on? You're like, she's like, yeah, welcome to (laughs) the But she was so supportive. She's like, it's okay. Yeah. These are emotions that will come out and it's okay now yeah and so i just let it happen yeah which was amazing it was beautiful just all the stress that i felt guys guys keep things bottled up up. Mm -hmm. i think that's one of the reasons guys have such high blood pressure and they die young yeah because of all the stress they feel
1: absolutely they don't
2: cry they're taught by society not to cry it's not a bad thing that we got some masculine men out there i like that but it's also not fair Men's mental yeah. health needs to be talked about more. I think so. Mm-hmm. I, I really believe so. And maybe there's a way to do it where it's around other men and mm. they feel comfortable doing it. But yeah. it's definitely a thing that we need to we need to address. Yeah. Because it'll it just leads to an early grave. Absolutely. But yeah, it was interesting. So February, so October, November, Summer, January. So four months later, I went in, I'm like, I want injections. Like, okay. They they toss me a a needle and a syringe and they're like, you know how to do this? I'm all yeah, I got this. (laughs) (laughs) They go, it goes in your leg. I'm like, nope, not going in my leg. I don't like pinning in my leg. Mm. Every time I pin in my leg, I hit a nerve and my teeth go numb. So we're going to put this shit in my booty. Shit. (laughs) So, yeah, girl, I was a human pincushion for years doing steroids. And I I would pin, for anybody that doesn't know, pinning is injecting. It's Mm -hmm. like the, the industry term. I would pin every other day. It was like shoulder, shoulder, butt, butt leg leg and every time i did my leg I'd hit a nerve or I'd hit uh, an artery not an artery but a vein i guess. Uh. so <laughs> I'm like this estrogen's going in my booty <laughs> so <laughs> I just I just started putting it in the butt and literally girl overnight overnight feminization I was like wow whoa not to the point where y- you don't change bone structure right but I could see the softening of the skin happening when I say overnight I mean it wasn't literally right, right, right. it was much faster accelerated rate mm-hmm softening of the skin emotions were of course even stronger now (laughs) and then of course I said oh I want to get on progesterone too because that softens skin a lot too and that is the devil's drug Mm. holy shit yeah you poor women
1: yeah progesterone sucks
2: girl at that spike when you start that menstrual cycle yep holy fuck fuck because I I wanted my dose upped more and more. I'm like, I want to be more like a woman and I want to soften the skin and I want to accelerate the transition. I don't want 100 milligrams. I want 200 milligrams Uh. a day. I was a raging fucking bitch.
1: I was going to say, it's like, fuck you, grass. Like, it's like, I swear to God, like, I know how I feel right before my period. And I'm ready to kill everything, dude. Girl,
2: I, like, trust me, this is the reason my my wife was just like, I can't be around you. And yeah. I get it now.
1: Yeah. I get it. I was. She's like, love you, but I'm going to love you from afar.
2: Uh, literally. She's like, you are constantly on a period that you don't get. Oof. You
1: know? Yeah. <laughs>
3: like, for not having a uterus,
2: you are sure a hormonal <laughs> premenstrual bitch, bitch 24. <laughs> Yeah, seven. um, yeah. I, so I feel for you, mm. but it accelerated the transition quite a bit. Yeah. And what I learned is, no matter how much you soften the skin or the fat deposit starts shifting, you can't change bone structure. Right. And for all the trans women listening or people that know trans women, it will not change your face. You will not have a narrow jaw. You cannot. I had I had a girl in my filtered DMs today. Um, that I've started I need to respond to tonight Somebody starting their transition if I take birth control uh, I, and my hormones will it will narrow my shoulders and, and widen my hips I'm mm. like, no absolutely not yeah. unless you start this in your teenage years mm-hmm. you do not get an oxytocin release it is not going to widen your hips and your shoulders that's your bone structure from being a guy for 40 years of your life Right. you can't change that Hmm. And no matter how many hormones you inject, you, you can't change the size of your hands. I'm very aware. We talked about that earlier. Which I've
1: been checking your hands out. They're not that manly. Thanks. Every time you lift them up, I d- I'm like, they're not that manly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have short nails. I, yeah. Oh, I went through a phase with nails. <laughs> Ugh, I thought that early in the transition, you want to in- you have this need to integrate. Yeah. And you want to go live your life and be you. Right. And this is where the media picks up on everything. And they see girls early in the transition. Um, we got some. We got some weirdos in our community for sure. Yeah, everybody does. But we're one. I mean, we of got the- weirdos in our community too. So, <laughs> It's
1: like,
2: they're everywhere. Yeah,
1: um, but there's always a kid that shits in the pool. That's uh, what oh I say.
2: God. <laughs> so it's what I say. Or in the shower. Yeah. You know? Oh man. You're just, you're just Not the stomp waffle. <laughs> the
1: waffle stomp. The waffle stomp. <laughs>
2: I call it cheese grating. You call it the waffle yeah. stomp. that's epic. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you you want to integrate. And I remember thinking like if I had nails, I had the you got to work your way up, baby. I had like like these <laughs> nails and your nail, girl. I had those. Yeah. I had those long ass things. And I kept thinking, you know, if I'm out in public, and I, I put my hands down at the cash register, they'll they'll know I'm a woman. They, they, they'll, <laughs> it'll help them understand I'm a woman. I'm like. What fucking delusional bubble was I living <laughs> in, you know? I call it my bubble of disillusionment. Oh, Delulu. We it, love it. Delulu. <laughs> I, I just was in this bubble where if I got dressed up in female clothing in my transition early on, and I had my nails and my makeup, and it was COVID, so I had my mask on, they wouldn't see my wide, you know, Popeye jaw. And I, I looked, and I saw my eyes in the mirror. And I'd focus on this. I'm like, my eyes look feminine. That's good. And I'm wearing girl clothing. And I got nails. And I got heels on. Um, omitting the fact that I was six seven in heels. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like, that, that's girly. Okay, cool. <laughs> and I remember this day. I, I, Priscilla would go everywhere with me in the beginning as my crutch. And I needed to kind of go explore on my own. And I was feeling good. I'd gone a couple places on my own. And I walked into our mall. It was the Line Mall. And i was on my own i told her i was gonna go just go walk around and try to find a coat i think i went to like jc <laughs> and there's this kiosk with the perfume and the clone. and i walk in you know hair makeup mask you know, little cami top and i didn't have any breast forms at the time i had no breasts i had these little itty bitty breast buds and i get to this i pass this kiosk and there's this guy there handing out perfume and clone and i just hear this sir 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 and I'm, I'm just oblivious to it. And he's, he's like literally running me down. <clears throat> and, he, and I kind of look over because it's getting loud. I'm like, huh? And he's like, sir, do you want some cologne? And I, I looked at him. And I'm like, and, and for those that are not on the video, I'm, I got this deer in the headlights look. And I'm like, what? And I'm looking around. And I go, oh, oh, fuck my life. He's talking to me. And remember that bubble of disillusionment mm-hmm. I was talking about? It popped at that moment and i panicked like full sweat and i looked at him like no no thank you and i i reach for my phone and i start i start walking but i'm like shaking at that moment i'm like he knows he knows and then i look around and i look at people and i see people looking at me i'm like oh fuck everybody knows i'm like jesus christ and there was this moment of revelation like the bubble was popped i I wasn't it's not that i was trying to fool anybody i was just trying to blend in you know and be me but I'm like you're trying to be accepted uh, that's literally what it was I just wanted to be accepted Mm. and just to feel some sense of normalcy Mm. as who I was hoping to be and I realized it's a fucking sham and I started walking I didn't even know which direction I was walking I was walking away from the exit door unfortunately and I didn't know what to do and I picked up my phone and I called Priscilla and it went to voicemail she must have had it on do not disturb with Mia and I just kept talking to nobody and talking and talking and hoping that somebody would think I'm on the phone because I did not know what the fuck to do. And I turned around. I walked out as fast as I could, walked to the truck, and I cried for like 40 minutes in the truck. Aww. I didn't present female for almost a week. I didn't Aww. leave the house. I didn't do anything. I cried every day. Because there was the thousand-mile journey being shown to me. And there I was again, this giant i was probably 220 230 at the time trying desperately trying to lose muscle mass and i've been called out and i'm like there's no way I ke- i'll never finish this journey i'll never it's not possible and,
1: and this is about a year end to your journey
2: mm, when was this let's see not quite a year mm-hmm. i didn't have my breast implants yet it was probably march mm-hmm. March it was I think it was after I came out oh no it was before I came out so girl it was November December it was probably December or January it was before I came out to the world on extra TV so I was in the shower one day it was probably a week later and I still had a mirror in there because I had to shave my face back then I wasn't done with electrolysis and laser and I was in the shower and I was crying and I looked in that silly little $10 mirror. It was suction cup to the, <laughs> to the glass. And I had my hand on my heart because my heart was hurting. Not physically, but emotionally. And I looked in my eyes and I, I just, for some reason, I just said, I love me. And there was a big pause and I looked into my own soul. The eyes are at the window to the soul.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I said it again. I said, I love me. And then I said it again and again and again. And again, until I believed it. Mm -hmm. And it was that moment. I didn't care what I looked like. I didn't give a shit what the world thought at that moment. I'm like, I'm okay. I love me for me. I'm a great human. I'm a wonderful parent. I love me. I'm okay with this. And I've never looked back since then.
1: That's amazing. I love that. Just that moment of being able to have those affirmations to yourself and oh, Mimi's over here crying. <laughs> oh <my> <laughs> <laughs> Mimi is over Why here Mimi? bawling her eyes out <laughs> just to be able to have that. I don't even know the word just to be able to look at yourself, have those affirmations and confirmations to yourself and just say, you know what, I'm going to embrace me in every form, shape, no matter who sees me as this or not. This right. is me, motherfuckers. Yeah.
2: Going from being probably one of the most handsome guys I'd ever seen to some fucking ugly duckling in between, Stop I, like it. I had been told I was good looking since I was five years old, Aww. and to know that I wasn't anymore,
3: no, that was hard.
2: And then, but to be okay with it at that moment, I well at that moment, honey. I was something. I'm still something in between, but yeah. I was really something in between back then. I was not a good You're looking just guy a anymore. A flower that's blooming. I'm still in the process. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very much in the process still. Uh, so that was a very pivotal moment for me. Mm-hmm. It was it was the life-changing moment right there.
0: It's
1: a beautiful moment. Thanks. And thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. I really, really, like, I'm sure people at home are going to just love that because people need to hear that, you know? That's
2: important.
1: Did the estrogen make your boobs grow a little bit? It
2: did. I actually, I had um, gynecomastia from a kid. Okay. It was interesting. I hated it growing up. As mm. a guy, it's like, that's why I always wore dark shirts because you could see like my f- swollen nipples my whole life. Gotcha. I hated it as a guy. Right. And I think back on it now. I'm well, huh. Now you can and use it to your advantage. It, well, yeah, <laughs> but I look at my child. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. Why did I get gynecomastia naturally before steroids? Right. I'm like, I was growing breasts at, a, at 13 years old for mm-hmm. some unknown reason. Mm. But that being said. The estrogen did. And even though I have breast implants, it's actually interesting. I got to go back and have them redone for a third time because my breasts have grown so much. Mm-hmm. I've got the internal mesh bra mm-hmm. after my second revision, and now I've got like a ledge. So Aww. I'm like, yeah, it sucks, but I'm. Whatever, I'm over it. They're mine. And
1: I had my implants taken out. I was like, you did. Mm-hmm. I had mine taken out in 2019
2: because
1: um they were giving me. I don't want to say I had BII. Um, I had a lot of the symptoms of breast implant uh, illness, but I mean, I just had went through a phase where my anxiety was so bad, my body just didn't feel right. I had scar tissue that was um coming up underneath my left breast so much that my left breast was like this big, and my they were oh, so lopsided.
2: Yeah, oh my, God. It, my
1: implant folded in half, so oh and started growing scar tissue around it. And they didn't know that till they took them out. But it just it was so painful, and yeah. I just was like, you know what? And I started looking really matronly because okay. I just the, you know I had such big tits I was like right. almost an e and they just sagged and Aww. just didn't look good so I was like you know what I'm gonna go back to the itty bitty titty committee and fucking <laughs> and fucking, you know like as you get older you want to look more natural that's how I felt because right. I felt like it made me look matronly so that's the only for my situation right so that's what I wanted to do
2: I can understand that yeah I totally sure. can yeah. yeah and I you know on my third go round, I don't want the high round high round profile where yeah the, like Boltons, ons they maybe. look great oh, though thanks. they're very separate i get that a lot they're very separated but it's because when my surgeon took his scalpel and cut me from here to here to save my life for my heart surgery mm. it severed all my pec muscles mm. and so m- most women that have open heart surgery have the same problem my mom is so self-conscious she's like my boobs just go to the side and i hate Aww. it um so me i'm very open about everything and mm-hmm. i get a lot of shit on social media for it but mm-hmm. you know i I'm grateful to be alive. And yeah. so, but yeah, the next go round, I want something much more natural and yeah. not, not so porn starish. <laughs> I
1: love it. We all go through that phase though. Everybody. I mean, we Thank grew up you. in the Pamela Anderson, fucking Carmen Pamela Electra, God, Jennifer McCarthy, era. fucking era. And those bitches were bad, dude. Anna Nicole Smith,
2: all oh, of them, yes. dude. Oh yes. yeah. Yeah. I had the biggest crushes on all of them. Yeah. Same. <laughs> <laughs> They're so hot. They're still, like, yeah.
1: Just beautiful women. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Carmen doesn't fucking age. No, I'm tired Timeless. Yeah, no, I'm pissed off. Like, bitch, what are you doing? <laughs> <Can> <laughs> we get some of whatever you Yeah, doing. what is it adrenochrome? What's going on? I got, is. <laughs> I got enough money now. What's up, bitch? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. How does
2: that go? <laughs> I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I love the fact that you even mentioned that. That's so funny. Yeah. Well, everybody
1: (laughs) accuses me and my husband of being in the Illuminati anyways. So might as well just fuel the fire. I've gotten that.
2: (laughs) I I had a sty in this eye. So I had some makeup done by somebody. And I think the brush had something on it. Oh, that's the worst. I still have like, I have a little one here that I just bury with concealer. I've been fighting it for four months. But I had to have this eyelid flipped over and then to cut it out. Mm. I had a bruised eye. Damn. Social media is like, oh my God, she's in the Illuminati. I'm like, well, are you fucking kidding me? You're like, I had a fucking sty in my eye, like, you fucking idiot. I had a procedure done and I don't have a sty anymore and now my eyes black and blue. Like, oh,
1: you're in the black eye club. I'm like, Jesus people Christ. fucking think anything, dude. Speaking of procedures, what have yeah. you had done to feminize a little bit more?
2: Okay. So, when do you start deciding to get those you got your boobs done? Yep. That was May 2021. So, I came out to the world, I had to get in front of the narrative. Because if somebody... I mean, my tattoos, they're not common. Right. I've got a big phoenix and dragon on my arm. Right. You know, everybody knew Gabe's tattoos. Right. Somebody called me out. I was screwed. I'd never be able to tell my story from my perspective. So Mm -hmm. I got in front of it, came out to the world on X for TV in February 2021. And then it just snowballed from there in a good way. Right. So it was my decision at that point. I wanted to get my breasts done because I had these little itty-bitties, and I'm like, well, breasts are female. I need those. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and again, I have to be careful how I say this, but I'm letting you go through the, the thought process that I had at the time. which Of is your boring. journey, mm-hmm. yes, which you're allowed to do. And I think it's a common journey, too, because I do coach some trans women. 99% of my, my fitness and nutrition clients are biological females, mm-hmm. but I coach some trans women from time to time, and what I hear the most early in the transition is like, I want to get my breasts i want to get my breasts and that's i think the, the male perspective the male part of us it's like that's one of the most feminine aspects of a woman are the breasts and so i think as a transitioning woman we liken that to femininity but looking back i would have done facial surgery first if i could do it again i would have done facial surgery first yeah because it solved it it, it, it helped the dysphoria in the beginning
1: what does facial surgery consist of?
2: Oh, girl. It, it can range. Mine, I did everything all at once. And right. from what I what I heard and I'm glad I did it. You only do it once. You don't know, got to go back for a thousand surgeries. Oh. A lot of girls will get their nose done and then they'll do these other things slowly. Knock me out, do me once. Yeah. And like, it was major surgery. So, <laughs> Oof. I had two breast augmentations cuz my breast dropped so much the first time. So, I was running, I lost so much muscle mass. Mm. There was no way to anticipate it. So, December I went back and had them done again. I'd had a hair transplant December 2020, so I wouldn't be bald anymore. I got to do one more because all the surgeries, the anesthesia, my hair has fallen out mm. again. Um, but facial surgery, <laughs> literally, they cut me from back here. It was Dr. Peter Raphael in Plano, Texas. He's amazing, by the way. He cut me, like, imagine, remember the movie Face Off with John Travolta and yeah. Nick Cage? Just th- think of that moment when they peel the face down. Uh. So that behind the ear to behind the ear, they cut you right across your forehead in the hairline. Mm-hmm. And then he did a type three brow shave on me because my brow bump as a guy, it was huge. Girls don't have a brow bump. Like right. Some girls have a little one, <clears throat> but guys, when testosterone hits the system, you get a brow bump. And he had to cut mine off. So he cut my entire uh, brow off, put it on a bench, shaved it down flat. Wow. Stug a bag on me and I don't know, plates or something. Is, like is
1: it crazy how fucking plastic surgery is so barbaric?
2: It is. It's very barbaric, <laughs> but it's so precise at Oh, the same I love time. it. Like, I love it. It's a skill. This is, well, I'll talk about, remind me to talk about the skill and insurance and things like that. Yeah. Because I paid for all my, po- my surgeries out of pocket and there is a reason. Yeah. Then uh, cheek implants went in. They give me the higher cheekbones because mm-hmm. guys don't have naturally high cheekbones. Nose revision. I had a, I had a rhinoplasty. And then <laughs> he cut a portion out of my chin. He took the bone out from underneath my teeth and hair. And then he squished my chin together to give me the V-line. Wow. Trachea shave to get rid of the Adam's apple, which now I've had Get three. all this at once? Yeah. That was all at once. And then a hairline advancement. So he... He scalped me to say the least. Yeah. And like he takes a laser and he pulls the scalp back and then he cuts off a, a section of uh, forehead at the front. And then he just pulls that hair forward <laughs> to, to get rid of the receding hairline, Holy the guy's receding shit. hairline. Yeah. Uh, and then he stitches you back up and like <laughs> sends you Bye, home to heal oh, yeah yeah so,
1: <laughs> ha- happy healing
2: well girl I was on Dilaudid oh like, I bet. for the next several days it's that bad I have no recollection of the first week oh I mean, I'm I f- sure I flashes I can't tell you the one thing I have you go with the <laughs> night nurse they send you to a recovery facility and you can't see you can see family the moment you come out but then they take you to recovery facility you're there with the nurse on your IVs and stuff yeah I woke up in the middle of the night and my eyes are swollen shut mmm I woke up in the middle of the night, eyes swollen shut, no idea where I'm at. I thought I missed my surgery. Oh. And a friend of mine, Bella, was with me and my mom was there. Not at the night nurse, but that's who was going with me to go into surgery. Yeah. And I'm scrambling around for my phone. I'm like, Bella, I missed my my alarm didn't go off. And I stood up and I bolt for the door. Oh I had the catheter in still. Oh, no. Girl, that <laughs> oh. thing yanked me like a choke oh, chain. Oh, <laughs> shit. My she stick, I thought, oh. I'm like, I want gender reassignment surgery, but this is not the way. <laughs>
1: oh, fuck.
2: <laughs> God, catheters are no joke oh, either, dude. Girl, it, it tugged. I'm like, oh. <gasps>
3: Oh God, what
1: is
2: that? Oh. So, uh, yeah, my night nurse is like, Gabby, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, my God. <laughs> and then I don't remember anything after that. I'm sure I went back to bed, but that's, yeah. the, that's the glimpse of what I had going on. Damn um, it. But I, I had that done. I went back, and I had my nose. I still need to have redone a third time, unfortunately. I went back a second time. I think time. it's so
1: perfect. Even your side
2: profile is Thank beautiful. Thank you. I, maybe I'm just dysphoric Let me see. about Turn. it. Turn. I think it's the... It's the hanging collumella. I want that. And that's what I had told Peter in the first place, my, my surgeon. I think it looks great. Thank you. It Gives I'm you a, character too. Uh, the, I hear that a lot and I think I'll just keep it then. Yeah. <laughs> but I had my nose broken in Turkey when mm. I was in WWE and it collapsed all the cartilage on the mm. side. So I can't breathe out of the side. And when I got, I had a face and a neck lift in December last year. Oh, I, I can't wait to get a face and a neck girl. lift. That's next on my list. I got it. I got to send you to a guy. It's not my surgeon did a great job, but I discovered the vertical facelift afterwards.
1: I have a Dr. Narim does them and that's who I want to go to. Wait, what's his name? Dr. Narim. That
2: might be the same guy I was looking at. Yeah. He's amazing. The vertical facelift is the way to go. Mm -hmm. I had the old school facelift. Yeah. Which I had lost so much weight. I'm, I'm 100... It was hundred ninety Your face
1: looks tight, though. It's because of the facelift. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like, your I face looks tight. I had six
2: or seven rolls here of just... It I was horrendous, girl. Of <laughs> all this loose skin from losing all my weight. Mm. So I did that December, and I got another nose revision. But unfortunately... We pulled the splints out uh, a week later. It was too early. And Mm. by the time I drove home that day, three hours later, it had collapsed again.
3: Oh, no. So
2: I have to go back in. I, I haven't been able to breathe out of this side since 2011. Wow. But I had my voice done in May of this year. How do they do the voice? There's two methods. Dr. Toby Mayer did my voice. And the reason I went with him is because you can talk the same day. Wow. Yeah. And he has a proprietary method that he doesn't tell anybody what he does. I know what it is because I insisted I know right and I, I signed a deal saying I wouldn't talk mm. um, but he goes and he made the you can still see the incision here because it's not quite a year and it's still kind of red mm-hmm. so my first trachea shave was here when I did my face and necklift, I did another trache shave because it wasn't quite gone all the way mm-hmm. and then Dr. Toby Mayer did another one when he did my voice and now it, there's nothing left There's like there's no cartilage there at yeah. all yeah but he does something that lets you talk the next day the Korean method is where they go in through your mouth instead of having to cut you open right here. They go in through your mouth and they, they cut and resplice your vocal cords. Wow. So you can still kind of hear a little bit of bass in my voice, like mm-hmm. the timbre in my voice. If I don't try, I kind of get down like this area, like the morning voice. Mm-hmm. And so. I mean, I can do that too.
3: Like <laughs> oh, I got
2: this sultry voice that gets kind of deep. But it's, I mean, Dr. Toby Mayer told me, he said, going in, he's like, there is a 50 50 chance because you've had trachea shaves down here before, you got a lot of scar tissue. Mm. I'm gonna do what I usually do, and there's a 50 50 chance. So I got a bump in the pitch, it's not perfect, but I'll probably go back and get the Korean method done. But then I can't talk for a month. Oh my goodness, sick. you can't talk for a month, and that's why I'm like, I'm, I'm building a business, I'm coaching yeah. hundreds and hundreds of women uh, with fitness and nutrition, and I need to be able to talk. Yeah. I need to be able to talk now. Yeah. This is my business. This is their lives. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to let these women down. So yeah. I did his method. I could talk the next day and it worked out good. So those are the surgeries so far. I've had five. I had two breast dogs, face, voice, neck, and facelift.
1: When are you thinking about doing gender reassignment? Is that something you
2: do want to do? It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I heard that's a pretty brutal process. Yeah. It's, it's a big surgery. And yeah. they want you off work for six weeks. Because of all the dilation and there's just recovery that needs to happen. Yeah. And from what I've heard, it, it takes, you need that long. Yeah. And I'm not in a place where I can take six weeks off. But I do know the doctor. I want to use the surgeon. It's Dr. Blue Bonnet NYU. Blue Bonnet.
1: Yeah. And so. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah.
2: It's amazing. She uh, she did a couple friends of mine and she uses robotics in her surgery to minimize scarring. Wow. And she used this method. It's the perennial pull through so you get some lubrication but not like not like a normal right. natural born female mm-hmm. but she's amazing yeah and what's what's interesting is uh, as soon as i had opted to go with her i was relaxed on contacting her cuz she wasn't super well known or anything mm-hmm. uh, an influencer on tiktok used her and posted about it oh my gosh shit she used her I better go get on her list and it's a two year wait list for my fucking consult Good. just to have a consult with her my consult isn't until 2025 good lord yeah so in the meantime I'm I'm planning on one more hair transplant to kind of fill in up here it's really gotten thin up here from all my surgeries and then I have to, for me to feel comfortable in my skin I, I need to get a fat transfer mm-hmm. I don't want a Kim Kardashian ass mm-hmm but I need the proportions to be more natural. Right. I've got a narrow pelvis. That's everybody born a male is going to have that. Yeah, I've for sure. I've got wide shoulders and I wear a shapewear. So like I've got hip pads on. It makes me feel. B- and gr- what's interesting, the way I get treated when I wear a little tiny hip pad on each like the little shapewear. Yeah. I get treated so much different. <laughs> it's, it's crazy, stupid right? stupid. <laughs> like how different I get treated. It's m- people are much more inviting much more inviting That's and so, so sad. if I can just mimic the shape where I have on right now I'd be happy but in order to do that I still have some muscle mass to lose mm-hmm. so I'm very I'm as lean as I can be mm-hmm. but I I'm trying to get down to like the 180s right and then I you know the process I gotta pack on like 40 pounds of fat yeah
1: so, <laughs> so get it sucked out of you yeah yeah
2: and so it's a process where I'm still losing muscle mm. in, in this in this game right now it's, it's not definitely a game. It's just, been a it's a journey
1: definitely been a journey for you and I think and I hope what anybody can take one of the things that somebody can take away from this beautiful podcast that we've done is be kind to people because you never know where they are in their journey yeah like that's so important you know just smiling at somebody and saying you're beautiful could have like really Changed your trajectory in that day that you had in the mall Instead oh, of that yeah. dude running up to you calling saying, sir, 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 yeah. if he would have said, ma'am, can you imagine how you would have felt?
2: Oh, completely. Yeah. And not that I expect anyone to ever do that because yeah. they're going to see what they're going to see. Yeah. And it's a confusing world as it is. Yeah. You know, we don't know what pronouns to use half the time, but with people and it, it's, it's hard, but just like you said, a smile. Mm-hmm. Girl, that, that changed lives. Yeah. You know, somebody, I, I would smile at somebody, and when then they'd smile back, not being fearful of me because I didn't know what the hell I was or mm-hmm. what I was doing, it changed everything.
1: Yeah. I love
2: that. It's a good world out there when we want it to be.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, let's talk about what you do and where people can sign up to get work yep. by you and stuff like that.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So I do online fitness and nutrition coaching. I've got an entire team of coaches underneath me. It's my business, I'm the owner. I have coached 1500 people to success in the last 13 years with good.
1: Nope. Sorry. Oh, no. That was my ADD. I was thinking, but go ahead. And finish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the,
2: the crazy part, like I said earlier is 99% of my clients are biological females. Yeah. It's incredible.
1: I was going to say, you actually said something the other day you were on a live and I was kind of eavesdropping in just to kind of get a feel for you. And, um, Right now, I have been working with a, an online coach for the past two and a half years. T. Miller Fit, shout out, love you. She has done wonders hey. for my body. But you said something the other day that I, I that was profound, and you were like, you don't need tons and you don't need a I think it was last night you said you don't need um a gram of protein per pound no that that's and that was like music to my ears because my body has a hard time you do like 130 grams a day yes (laughs) and I'm like I'm over it like Mm -hmm. I don't and I don't the high carb thing I don't like doing it either like I feel so much better when I'm fasting and like doing a keto type thing you know like and so when you said that I was like
2: maybe I need to talk to Gabby. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's yeah. so interesting. Yeah. So uh, high protein diets in every case lead to CKD, which is chronic kidney yes, disease. that's what you said. Yeah. And so there's this myth floating around that you need a gram of protein per pound of body weight. Yeah. And so, you, you know, I got a girl that's your height and I got something that weighs 200 pounds. That's a lot of protein to shove down your throat dude it's so much the amount of food i have to eat (laughs) every fucking day what what an asinine thought when we look at why why would we do that and so it's not your fault it's it's this bro science that's floating around it's influencers who are certified personal trainers or not certified personal trainers spreading things they heard and this is where the scientist in me comes out because i put my nose in published medical data for close to an hour every day yeah i do a ton of research because my clients expect certainty and this is the reason I've coached so many clients to success. And what we find is it's more about your lean body mass.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So you've got a percentage of body fat on you and you've got a percentage of muscle mass. It's more about the lean body, the lean muscle mass that's on you that you need to support with protein. Protein's critical for so many functions in the body. Yeah. Carbohydrates are not. Right. Even though you're going to hear people say, well, glucose is important. I mean, it, it plays a role. Yeah. Your, body burns, uh, your body burns energy in, in three stages. At first, it goes for sugars, which is glucose. Then it goes to glycogen, which mm-hmm. is your store in your liver. And then it goes to fats. And mm-hmm. it goes to ketones after that. And so once the glucose and the glycogen is out of your system you go to ketones, which are exponentially more efficient at energy, which is why you feel better when you do keto. What not that
1: like autophagy? Isn't that what they call it? Yeah.
2: And actually I say this a lot. (laughs) It's (laughs) the correct pronunciation is autophagy. Autophagy. Okay. I didn't know. Everybody says autophagy and it's not like, as it's not your fault, um, but it's because people say autophagy, it's actually autophagy. And that's a, that's a phenomenon. It's incredible when you get Mm -hmm. to it can start in the 16 hour mark mm-hmm. more than likely it'll take a day or two to f- see true autophagy now you got me saying <laughs> <laughs> true autophagy but it's what what happens we get these things called folded proteins right and it's think of it as a corrupt computer code in your cells in the mitochondria and those folded proteins basically explode mm-hmm. in autophagy And it makes room for brand new proteins to come fill in that corrupt, where that corrupt code was. It's like a defragmentation process on a hard drive. Yeah. And there's, oh, look, we can just put that fresh protein there, that fresh protein there. And the body starts to heal itself from incredible Mm -hmm. things like autoimmune diseases, funguses, bacteria. Floating around in your system, absolutely. So I do. I live in a sixteen-eight window, and recently I've actually been experimenting with OMAD, one meal a day. Mm-hmm, yeah, which I love. The Warrior Diet, literally. And mm-hmm. I, when you look at the data over the last ten years, that is what's been proven to work. It's OMAD and sixteen-eight. I love sixteen-eight. That's what I try to do. Girl, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're doing keto in the process. You don't have hunger cravings yeah. the way that you would if you're eating carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. It releases ghrelin, a hunger hormone, into your system mm-hmm. every time you have carbs and sugars. You, when you're as soon as your stomach empties, you're hungry. Yeah. And so when you're in keto, you don't get that. It's mm-hmm. a very small amount of ghrelin released into the system. Yeah. So my clients, less than fifty percent of my clients do keto. I always leave it up to you to decide mm-hmm. what you want to do, because if it doesn't align with you, or you're not uh, you're not mentally aligned with it, there is this incredible phenomenon called the placebo effect Mm -hmm. the nocebo effect is the opposite so you you don't want to do something you've got a a disposition towards it it's not going to work well for you the brain Mm -hmm. will release hormones and chemicals to um to basically slow your process down Mm -hmm. but uh yeah i've again less than half my clients do keto and i've got this team i built underneath me a lot of master's degree degrees on my team phd's on my team uh, I have the, the director of public health from a specific state on my team. So we've built this. Uh, and the difference in what I do is I always say anyone can hand you fitness and nutrition. Mm. You've, you've bought into it before, I'm sure. Everybody yeah. listening probably bought a fitness and nutrition program at yeah, some point. from somebody. Paid for a personal trainer or nutritionist.
1: But what works for them doesn't necessarily work for you. Right. Exactly. It's not a one size fits all. No,
2: it's, and there's no cookie cutter in what I do. Mm -hmm. Everything is a hundred percent custom for you. Custom Mm -hmm. nutrition, custom workouts, your meals. I give you three to four meals per, or three to four recipes per meal Mm -hmm. that are all custom for you. And my moms, my girls, they work out at home a lot of the time. Some of them work out at the gym. It's whatever you want to do. But the big difference is I look at behavioral patterns. I've been studying behavioral patterns for over a decade. And when I hand you something that's got good science in it, and a lot of people will do that. Like I said, you've bought these programs before. Mm -hmm. Why do we start and get to the goal and then rebound? Right. Or why do we start and then life gets in the way or life? I hear this a lot. Life gets chaotic. Right. It's behavioral patterns. Mm -hmm. It's not that the science is bad. It's that we have these loops that we get into and we can't see them half the time. Yeah. Because our heads are in the weed with with life. You know, We're, we're head down trying to grind. We don't realize that there are these cyclical, these strong neural pathways, And so when I do, I have a, a course I created called BPM. It's behavioral pattern modification. Every one of my clients goes through it. They work with me. And I basically create these new positive neural pathways to replace these old behavioral patterns with new positive behavioral patterns. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're so damn successful with what yeah. they do
1: no that shit works I have a, um, a, a therapist named Glenn who does that and that's Hi, how Glenn. he yeah Glenn's amazing if you ever want to talk to him you can he does uh, FaceTimes and stuff like that but he reprograms your brain within the neuropathways oh and I stuff love like that. that yeah no he's amazing oh I would love to yeah. talk to him oh Glenn's
2: I'm a sponge f- when it comes to that stuff I'm oh like, tell he's me more. fucking tell me more s-
1: dude he's written a few books like he's amazing oh how cool he'll be coming on the podcast soon
2: oh I'm definitely listening to that one yeah for sure <laughs> no he's great
1: no I just love I love your approach I love um, what you what you're doing for people thank and I just you. love that you just want to help people and I think your story is so beautiful
2: thank you so much and if if there's anybody out there that needs help uh, my website's coachgabby.com or you can just follow me on tiktok at gabby tuft
1: is it it's g-a-b-b-i
2: oh yeah we should talk about that yeah <laughs> it's not the typical spelling it's g-a-b-b-i Yes, yeah.
1: love that well gabby Thank you for coming on this podcast. I am like so honored to for you to have came on here sh- and shared your story with us. And just, I mean, I, I loved you before, but I love you even more now. I think
2: the feeling's mutual. Yeah. Thank you,
1: Bunny. This has been so much fun. Dude, getting to sit in your energy is just awesome. And you're just, you're even more same. awesome in person than, oh, you know, online. <laughs> but if you guys
2: are not following Gabby, follow you where? On your Instagram, uh, Instagram TikTok. TikTok. It's all Gabby tough. Uh, all the handles are the same.
1: Yeah. You guys go follow her. You will not be disappointed. I promise. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Dumb Blonde. I will see you guys next week. Bye.